And we're now joining, uh, we're now recording the bonus episode, which is unedited. So for any of you listeners out there where you might be hearing this one first, this is Chris and Steve on here with the USPHL's Heath Goldsmith, who is a goalie, the blue paint guy, likes eating pucks, wears a nice cool mask. In fact, we haven't talked about your mask. Do you have a cool mask? I do have a cool mask. I do. I do. Yeah, it's... uh... It's painted by uh, the guy who does Thatcher Demko's mask and uh, most of the most of the then uh, does uh, Wolf's mask actually for uh, Calgary I believe uh, TM Customs he did a great job on my mask he's done two of my masks so far um, it's nice. it's a be- it's a very it's, I, I love it it's uh, it's definitely King's colors and uh, but it's uh, LA themed uh, it's got the Santa Monica Pier on it and then on the other side it's got Dobby and uh, and uh, a movie reel. I'm a, I'm a big uh, Harry Potter guy, so Dobby's definitely up there. Oh, one of my favorite man. characters. I, so Heath, I got to show you the setup in my uh, Harry my Potter. Harry home. Potter. Here we go. You just said the magic <laughs> yeah, words, Harry, Steve. Yeah. So <laughs> kids, kids, and I all like my whole family loves it. So Halloween, we had the whole house decked out. I'll throw it up on the on the you're on Instagram. I'll throw it up oh, on yeah. my Instagram page so you can check it on out. But it's uh, <clears throat> we had Dementors on up. We had the Patronus up. I had two skeletons at one point, And I have Dobby shooting, you know, uh, essentially a a light string off of his wand to light up the chandelier. Yeah, we went kind of nuts. So we even have a Harry Potter tree. <laughs> wow. So, oh, God. Oh, yeah. So and they got these cool floating candle things, too. Like, it's essentially just on fishing line. So mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, we got That's vaulted cool. ceilings. So I can't hang them sort of scattered in the house. Like this is the one time I'm like, damn, vaulted ceilings, um, you know, so like because if, if they weren't, I would have those things all over the place. But, yeah, we, uh, you know, my wife, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I'm the decorator. Right. So I, I, I went a little nuts. So, yeah. So I'll shoot that on over to you. Um, yeah, for sure. So, um, OK, so other than uh, other than. Uh, um, I was going to say Price. Uh, if you didn't like Carey Price, I won't like you as a human being. But other than Jonathan Quick, what other attendees do you really like out of the leagues? Uh, out of the league, I would have to say Price is definitely number two out of that list, or number three. Uh, it just depends. Uh, I, I'm a big Jack Campbell fan, too. Uh, he came mm-hmm. out of the Kings organization um, after being kind of shit on by Dallas um, over there. So, um, but no, uh, yeah, no, it, it, I definitely like UC Saros, um, shorter goalie. Obviously I like watching him, uh, Carey Price is up there. Wish he would get back and be healthy soon. Oh, um, that, it, that it would, killed me. That would, it killed me, man. Like yeah. he, hearing, hearing about his knee and, you know, you know, everything that's gone wrong with it. Cause he's, he's just not coming back. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. And yeah. God, like I, I still go back to the playoffs when Kreider collided with him, you know, and just think, you know, it's one of those moments where you sit back and you think like if that never happened. Yeah, it never happened because Takarski stepped in and he did an OK job. Right. Yeah. But like some of the goals they were scoring were because Carey Price wasn't there. Right. Like a snipe yeah. over the shoulder. Right. And yeah. like I'm not crapping on Takarski, man, like talk about huge shoes to fill or skates to fill. Right. To, to jump on in when Carey Price goes down. But. You know, like that's just the one you look at going, I would have loved to have seen Lundquist and Price matched up for that full series. Oh, that would have been that would have been amazing. That would have been one of the best goaltending matchups, probably second to the quick and Lundquist matchup that uh, that next series, if I'm not mistaken there. So that would have been, yeah, that would have been it, huge. Yeah, it's uh, 
we, we Chris and I were so biased. Like we love good goaltending battles, right? Like nothing, <laughs> nothing makes me happier than I hate. Oh, you you want to know how biased? I want to just tell you right now, <laughs> interrupting this conversation, that if I look right now at my save list so far, uh, it's we're recording this on Monday, 12 December. I haven't watched every game so far yet from Saturday or Sunday this weekend, but I'm currently at 254 saves saved with only 97 goals. So wow. No bias. <laughs> I wow. don't see the as much beauty in the goals I see in a save because I think, think the difference is, I mean, we've talked about this. We know what it takes to make specific saves so when you see a goalie make a save that others might not even be incredible or the, the commentator doesn't even respond to it they just oh stopped or they don't even respond i'm like holy shit what a save you know click yeah. i'll save it and then sometimes the, the commentators lose their minds over a save and i'm like that was pretty basic but cool <laughs> yeah right right yeah. yeah you know but what i love and i always say this is i love the goalies that make it look easy right that, yep. you know, somebody would be sitting there saying, so Darcy Kemper was an example at a couple of years ago, you know, when he was on his game with the coyotes and mm-hmm. he just, he was in position and he was swallowing up rebounds. Like there was just nothing to give to the opponent. Right. And yep. it looked boring for everybody else because like, there's no rebound, no scramble saves, but I'm like, he's doing his job. Like he's doing exactly what you want every goalie in the world to do. You know, everybody loved Curtis Joseph back in the day, but positionally holy cow <laughs> not, yeah not a great positional goaltender right like he had to make those incredible acrobatic saves because man he was out of position a lot and not crapping on curtis joseph i was a huge fan of him but then when you go back and look at some of those players games you're like eh, okay <laughs> that's yeah, right. that's why he needed to make that big you know scrambling save like right now um the backup for my habs you know he's doing montembo he's doing an okay job it's just his major issue in my opinion is like he loses his net too much like he's swimming sometimes because he's not he's not getting a good push or he's over pushing and losing track of his net so if he can get that corrected like hey he can be a solid backup you know uh to to alan um but you know it's it's those type of things like i i love watching now like the technical work of goaltenders you know and just covering their nets right because that to me that's the most impressive impressive thing besides you know and all of just robbery of the save right like so oh yeah uh who was it last night i was watching a highlight on oh yeah that coyotes uh is it famelka is that how you say his name i think so the save where he kicked out his pad you know just sniped it out really quick to, to take away the lower part of the net and a lot of people think that's an easy thing to do sometimes i'm like man the way he had to push and get you know and extend all the way out it was a nice save yeah um you know, it, and I get so it, we'll, we when we review saves. So uh, have I reviewed one for Heath, uh, Chris? Because remember, I'm my, I was my, just going to uh, interject there because I didn't specifically. I cut it out because I figured depending on how the episode length uh, went, I would. I already sent you his saves here on Twitter, so you can see them, the ones that we've saved. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> here's yes. here's so my we, honest reactions to saves, man. Response <laughs> right here on the bonus episode, and you can respond to the saves we've saved. All right. So we're looking, I, I can't see who the team is. So, oh, hold on, pause. What a save by Goldsmith. I didn't we even get to see the save yet. So it's 216 left in the second period against the rain. So here we go. Let's yes. watch you. Oh, nice push, buddy. <laughs> there you go. 
That's what I'm talking about positionally. On that save, you made a nice hard push on over, but you didn't lose your crease, so you were right there for the rebound. Yeah. Right there. Like, beauty. beauty. Yeah. I'm going to see if, uh, as we're talking about these, I can pull those up so at least Heath and I know which save you're watching. But the first one I sent you, because i got to type it in here. first one I sent you was 30 October. Yeah. So yeah. it was a game against uh, the rain. Yeah. Now, this one, the next one, is 9.57 of the first. I can't see who yeah, the and team this one's is. on 11 November, and that one is against the Condor, not the Condors, damn it, Bakersfield. Wait, who is this? Let me pull this thing up. Why am I thinking there's no this? Oh, the Vegas. Okay, it's Vegas. Sorry, it's against Vegas. Vegas. I saw the local. That's the one against Benaldi, correct? Yeah, let me. Let's see. I think Benaldi's name's going to come up. Yep, Benaldi. It's 100% Benaldi. All right. Yeah. So here, here I go, man. Let me watch what's going on here. I already see an on-man rush and a defenseman that's about to be beat. You can even turn it up for us listeners here, since your computer apparently is loud enough. Dude. Ah, you tracked that puck well, man. You tracked that puck beautifully. He break, he breaks in through his defenseman. What's weird to me on this play, though, to not crap on the other player there. If I'm not mistaken, that's an oh no, maybe that's your own defenseman coming back here. This is one, two, three, four. Let me look here. Oh yeah. Yeah, you made that one easy, bud. You made that mm-hmm. one look so easy. Effortless. Yeah, that one, that one I picked out from behind with my stick. That one, that one fully had me beat. <laughs> the the old reach back and. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Tell me, it just doesn't feel good when you're just doing that. Oh, thank you, thank you, yeah, yep. thank you, Sherwood, for <laughs> giving me Sherwood. Um, yeah. I was just watching how your defenseman turned on that. And so the one guy that he gets beat, it's okay. But the other guy had turned the wrong way. Like he wasn't turning into the play, right? I was like, ah, a little bit of a mistake there. But it happens. It happens. Now, here we are. It's 5-3. Same same team, right? I think uh, these next ones, I think, are both from a game on the 17th of November, which is against – there it is. Is that Tahoe? Yeah. Yeah. So three, yeah, two minutes and forty-one team. seconds left to go in the in the third period. So. Oh, nice, good push along. Still tracking, and you're tracking that rebound well, really well, really well. You took away the bottom of the net. He had nothing. So nice push, nice push. And then, like I said, you're right back into right back in position. Like you're back up on your feet, right? And you're looking because mm-hmm. that puck that puck bounced back out to the slot. And you're already up and ready to go. So you're already taking everything away from them while they're scrambling to get another shot. Yeah. Nicely done. All right. Now, here we go. 47 seconds left. <laughs> so I didn't watch this full game, but the puck got out of the zone. <laughs> right back in on you. So let's see what happens here. Nice. Nice. Let me go back. And sometimes these angles are hard to see, but it looks like that's a nice push over with your blocker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, positionally, love, love your play, love your footwork. I'm um, taking it. away that ball in the net, and then man, you, you explode up awfully damn fast. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, so I, that's so hard I to do. Love- and the listeners that aren't goalies, they don't uh, like take what we're saying. That's so hard to do. <laughs> that is so incredibly hard to do, especially that late in the game. Oh yeah, um, no, there was uh, there was one. Uh, that happened in the when we beat Tahoe three to two at home, where I'm not kidding you, there was it was 19 seconds left on the clock. It was a neutral zone faceoff, 
and the guy pushed it forward, beat our D, came in on a one-on-one. I made a save. Puck went to the corner. Puck gets popped right back out to the middle. Save again. Like, I mean, it was like, I think I made three saves in the last 19 seconds, and it was all scramble saves. It was it was absolutely insane. So. I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it was, going back uh, to that, me, me giving you credit about popping. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Repeat that. No, no. Go, go, go ahead. Shoot, shoot. No, what I was saying is going back to the popping back up on the feet, right? Because the, mm-hmm. the thing is, there's that comfort of being low on the ice, right? You, where you think you're you're down low enough, you know, and you've got everything covered, so you're just hoping that the puck hits you, right? But it's, yeah. you know, it's in a scramble that's right in front of you. I get doing that, right? Because you don't want to pop as the puck's sliding in, but when it pops out, you know, further out, like you're so much better. And this is for the listeners, not to you, because I'm not mansplaining the game to you, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, is you know, it's so much better to get back up on your feet, you know, and take away all that net, right? Because yeah, you know, it, and and again, it's it's easy for shooters, right? So if they're watching game tape and you're always down, then you just know, like, just you get the rebound, you're just firing at top shelf. So now you're making that player work again and try to figure out how to beat you a second time, right? So, yeah. um, you know, like I said, I'm really impressed with your low play, man. Like, you know, um, I, I wish I, you know, could do this full time and just watch hockey games and scout like Chris gets to do that now and do yeah. that. Because, um, yeah, nothing nothing would be it's, better. It's pretty cool. So what's is interesting because I'm already talking to my daughter. She's, she's really into soccer. And I'm trying to mm-hmm. tell her, like, you know, I want you learning to coach early on. I want you learning to do these things because, you know, trying to make professional leagues and anything is a tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I want her to, you know, because she really thinks the game well is to get into coaching, you know, at some point so she could continue to enjoy the game beyond it, you know. So because mm-hmm. I, I used to I used to love to, to, to coach, especially when you would get results, right? Like I had – a few really excellent yeah. goalies that were just so coachable and just a few tweaks in their game. Right. And you just watching it make a difference. Right. Yeah. You know, where, you know, like for one of my attendees, like he would drop on a butterfly on the, sh- on the short side, but I'm like, you got to shrug that shoulder up, man. They're going to, they're going to pick, they're going to pick you on off. I said, so next time you do that push, I want that shoulder coming on up. And then next game, boom, did it easy save. Right. Where yeah. that would have beat him the game for just simple little things. Like th- those are the things I love. And I was coaching uh, another young goalie. Uh, God, I had a lot of, he had so much potential. But I, I just told them, like, you've got to control your defense, right? Like, you're shorter. you got to come out more. You need to start telling them exactly where to go. And I was telling the coaching staff the same thing. Like, you can't – you can't. he can't play deep in his net. You know, he's got to come out more. So the, the defense have to bail out that pass behind him. They've got to be yeah. in position. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it, it's it's kind of, you know, funny because I'll, I'll default on another one of my pet peeves is uh, about working with coaches that don't work so closely with the goaltending and the defense. I hate oh, you know is yeah yeah it it drives me nuts it. because you you need you need to be you're essentially the quarterback back there you need your defense going where you need them to go so you guys got to be able to communicate they've got to be able to watch your play and read what you're doing and know where to go right yeah. so here's a quick one for you guys now in the league based on this because when I used to play Chris like I'm I'm old uh, <laughs> always the defenseman took like on a two on one. The defenseman always took took the pass. The guy that could receive the pass, the pass. pass like the pass. Yeah, that's what, so what I want you to do. Me. Take the pass away. Yeah, Ugh. pisses me off. I know what you're going. Yeah, Go ahead. 
Yeah, because I, I hate this down the middle crap now. I'm like, you're not helping your goalie. I lived for those moments. I wanted that shot, right? That guy's mm-hmm, coming yeah. down. Let me challenge him. Don't mm-hmm. make me have to balance between the two, right? Because now you're guessing. You're going to cheat a little bit, right? Yeah. So I hate that middle play. Like if, hey, the, if the defenseman makes, you know, intercepts the pass, right? Then, hey, wonderful, right? You know, but if he misses now, oh, God, man, you're doing that huge desperation hard push on over and then if you know he's able to tap it back across you're dead right yeah good luck you know so it's another one of my big pet beefs so for you know young coaches out there have your goaltenders working with your defense uh all the time all the time and then even like other drills like one of my biggest ones was always you know a rebound drill and then saying to defenseman the rebounds out here here's exactly what you need to do so your goalie can just play it can focus on that puck right yeah. So anyway, yeah, here Steve's going on one of his tirades. <laughs> oh no, when we start talking about goalie issues, and it's always great having another goalie on, um, because we really go off on goalie issues during goalie episodes. And no, it oh, is yeah. one of my things. Like if the defense isn't working with the goalie, uh, it's you need them to know what to do so you know when that player's on the ice what they're going to do. So it just it it advances everybody. And when you yeah. get those guys. And how many times you tell them, unless you're willing to throw your body in front of the puck, don't throw your stick there. And for some stupid reason, the amount of defenders that just think, oh, the puck's coming in. I'll try to stop it with my stick. You just became the opponent. Uh, That's yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I've had I've had that happen this this season. Uh, there were some that I've had one goal scored on me where it was a complete miscommunication. Uh, and, you know, it was one of our top demon. So, I mean, it's it, it happens with even the top guys. But. I mean, you know, there, there's some times where, you know, those top D-men understand it. And then, you know, you kind of go through the you go through your D-men and, you know, you, you talk to them always before games. That's what I always do, at least, and say, hey, you know, if this situation arises, I want you to take the pass. Or if it's, you know, a partial two on one, you know, challenge both ways. Like, I mean, there, there's there's situations where I do want the guy to go right down the middle. Um, you know, if the guy's trailing up the middle where it's not like a straight two-on-one where they're you know pretty much on the same plane you know I kind of want the guy in the middle there sometimes um but you know it just depends on the situation it's read and react that's the game of hockey right so Mm -hmm. so I mean the the guys who can read and react the the quickest are the guys that make it to the higher levels the guys who can't and you know don't work on that kind of stuff you know they're they're not they're not playing right now you know what I mean so yeah it's about training your mind you know, I would say that goaltending is, you know, what would you guys say? You know, 60 percent mind, 40 percent body pretty much. I mean, if you can keep your cool and stuff, you know, you're going to be a pretty solid goaltender if you're, you know, solid with your edges and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I would say 60, 40 there. Um, I don't know what you guys would say. You, you, might, you may say well, more. I, but. You know what? I would say, you know, almost an all sport, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's the, the mental game is the hardest thing, you know, and. You know, me like defaulting over to soccer with my daughter, trying to teach her what to do when she doesn't have the ball, where you need to go, what you need to be doing, how to read plays. Right. Yeah. So, you know, as a goalie, you know, like my habit was I never, ever took my eyes off the puck. Like, you know, when goalies skate in the corner and they're looking away, I never did. Like I would watch the referee go down the ice with the puck. You know, and, you know, the only time I've ever taken on off is a time, you know, my eye off the puck was a timeout, right, is to skate on over to do that. But I never took it off because I wanted to be laser focused on that damn thing. Because when I was out there, that was my puck. It was nobody else's, right? It was mine to smother and keep. 
So, yeah, a lot of it's just that focus and not getting thrown off your game. Now, Chris was a hothead goalie. He was uh, all hex dollian. Uh, the more you <laughs> pissed him off, the better yep. he played. Yep, yep, yep. Um, where I, I was the, I needed to stay laser focused because if I got emotional at any point in any way, I was way off my game. You know, I just it wasn't going to be there for me. So, um, so yeah, so I, I do agree, like, you know, especially like something like a goaltender, right? Because the worst part of being a goalie is when you're not getting any shots at all. Right. When yeah. you're just it's sitting back bored yeah. out of your skull and you're begging just, hey, guys, let somebody come through and just rip one at me so I can get back into this game. To yeah. me, that's the hardest, the hardest part about being attendee was that because <laughs> you, you see it happen so often in the NHL. There's so many goalies that if they don't get a shot, they're terrible. Right. They're they're just. Yeah, they're just terrible. I mean, you look, um, at, you look at Jonathan Quick. He doesn't get a shot in the first five minutes and he has a really bad game. I mean, that's just that's just kind of how he is. And that's what I've noticed. Um, you know, if quick doesn't get, you know, two or three or four shots in the first five minutes, he's, he, he takes him a while to warm up and then there'll be some soft ones. Did you look at him and go, okay, that doesn't go in last night, but that went in tonight. And, uh, you look at the differences and like, I mean, I, I feel like if I get in the game early, I'm going to be solid. Uh, you know, obviously I think the Tahoe games kind of tested that a little bit. Cause I think we had a couple of those were like nine shots at the end of the first, so, I mean, the, those those kind of periods are really low, sh- low shooting for me uh, this season, um, as I'm sure you guys know. Uh, but, yeah, no, those were kind of games where I had to test my mental side to stay awake back there sometimes. Yeah, I uh, had a game. I was starting to laugh because the second you guys brought that up, I'll never forget this game in uh, Garmisch Park and Kirchen. And I wasn't getting anything like. I think I went a whole period without a shot. Uh, we were just dominating the other team. It was not fun. I, I'm, even when you're beating up on another team, that there's no fun in that, especially as a goalie, and you're watching the other goalie just get hammered. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> you know. But this game was one of those games where I wasn't getting any action. Or if, if they did come in, I'm like, all right, here we go, here we go. The play would fall apart. My defense would do their job, and off they went again. So it was a gorgeous arena, and the reason I bring it up is because it had this. It was a, I think it was like from the 36 games or whatever, and had this beautiful, like up top window ceiling type thing, and you could see the mountains out the window. I just kind of daydreamed, went off in my own world during this game. Before all of a sudden I heard like you tune out, like you, I tuned out, I was gone. Um, all of a sudden, I, I, I don't remember what somebody screamed at me, like goalie or something. And I look at this guy's barreling right down on me in a breakaway. <laughs> I wasn't paying it. I wasn't, I wasn't poised. I was just like resting on the net, looking up at the stars. <laughs> I was just, oh, uh, yeah. You, you can lose yourself back there on games where there's not a lot happening. And we as goalies need to be, like, I think all of us like to stay fine-tuned. And, you know, I won't specifically mentioned the goalie on here, but he played in the USPHL a year ago. Uh, I know Steve and I were big fans, um, and he's off playing in Zagreb right now. But he's exactly, he played net the same way I did. Like, And I think a lot of us is, he saw a lot of shots. Fuck, you couldn't get a thing by him. 60 mm-hmm. shots, you, you might get one. But if it was a game where he faced 15 shots, four of them got passed. That that's like, that's I think that's honestly I mean if you look at if you look at my games the the ones where I'm facing 72 shots I think 
I think I faced 72 against Ontario, and I held that game to one nothing through two. So I mean, that was that was an insane game for me. Uh, and you know, when when you feel the rubber early, and you know you're getting a lot of good quality shots on you early, you gain that confidence as a goaltender. It's just it's just natural, right? And so you know, when when mm-hmm. that happens, you're like, okay, I can do this tonight, or you know. And then there's some nights where you know you'll get the first shot on goal and it goes in and you're like, Oh, uh Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. And then you rebound. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden you, all of a sudden you end up with, you know, 55 shots and 44, you know, 54 saves or whatever. So, I mean, there's nights where it goes that way, but there's also nights where it goes the other way. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, what a... bothered me though, too, is when it was a low, you know, low shot game like that, you know, you're not getting anything. And then, it's something dumb like the puck's coming on in and it takes a hit off your defender's skate and yeah. it ends up going past you. So not only, yeah. you know, have you not got a feel for the puck, but a cheesy one goes in, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you've got everybody barking at you, you know, oh, you should save that. Somehow you're supposed to miraculously, you know, stop a puck, you know, that changes the direction. Tips two feet in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It. And at that, you actually, my biggest pet peeve, uh, it's coming up again, just, you know, pushing your defenders or your uh, forwards, because they'll do that to you, the guy on top of you while you're down and there's a scrum. But my other one is people blaming the goaltenders all for goals. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just look and say, OK, guys, like, hold on a second here, because I remember one person just ragging on price like, oh, he gets beat oh, yeah. blocker side, you know, over top of the pad. I'm like, do you guys understand how hard that that is to make? Yeah, I know. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, one of the best analogies that I've ever heard for, you know, people who say that it's just the goalie's fault is that person had to beat five people before they got to you. They they had to beat five people in front of you to get to you to get a shot off on you. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like you, you have to beat six people to score. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, anyone who goes, oh, it's all the goalie's fault. Yeah, there may be somewhere, you know, I think you guys have even said there's times where there's accountability where, you know, you go out and you play the puck and it takes an odd hop on you and it goes in your net or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Those are on you. Right. But like when it's a clear, you know, guy coming in on you, you know, it's six guys. It takes six guys, you know, to, to lose their positioning or to, you know, mess up for it to go in because there's six guys on the ice playing defense at all times. So yeah. it's, it's a team yeah. sport. It's not just one guy. It's not like, you know, in basketball where, you know, LeBron James could go down the court and, you know, change the momentum of a game. It's 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 really a team sport. It's a passing sport. It's not a you know, if you're going to be a puck hog and take the puck all the way down the ice or something like that, your teammates are going to hate you for one for two. You know, oh, except, except there's there's one exclusion to that. Uh, Connor, Co- McDavid. Connor McDavid, <laughs> Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're Connor McDavid and uh, can score every time you go down the ice. I mean, it's like, you know, that, that, that's pretty much the only the only time but i you know Connor mcdavid passes the puck so yeah. i mean even, even the <laughs> best in the world also it's a leon dry right of like if, if there was a tandem i would not ever want to face in nhl it's that right there i'm like <laughs> when, yeah. You, yeah every time somebody faces those two like especially at a power play i'm like oh god that it's, or stamkos and kucherov are also a scary pair yeah they really are yeah I, I don't have a lot of love for the lightning, but I, I do agree. <laughs> no, no, I no, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, Tampa or Florida fan in any way, shape or form. So I'm, I'm, I root against them whenever they're playing. So that's yeah. for sure. Well, even as a Habs fan, it's painful to say when you've got Matthews and Marner out on that ice right now. It's oh, 
that Matthews release, you know, was just just, Insane. just disgusting. Just disgusting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. One of my buddies played on the national development team with him, Blake Weirich, and he was a goalie. And uh, and um, he's also the founder of One Puck at a Time. And uh, so he said that, you know, Matthews could do things with the puck that, like, he's just messing around with the puck, but it's coming off his blade in such weird ways. And his release is insane. And he does things in practice that is, like, knuck- he can put a knuckleball on the puck. He can physically do that. Um and uh, I, I played with one guy, Caleb Strong, who's now uh, who's now over at UNLV. He played for the T-Birds last year. You know, I trained with him for a little bit, and he does the same thing. He has full control of the puck, where he can just put a knuckleball, and it somehow goes in. Like he can make it dip, he can make it dive. I mean, guys who can do stuff with the puck like that are just the, it's insane. It's They're incredible. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's truly incredible. I mean, it's like. I think the game is going more there, too. You know, you look at Zegers throwing the puck up over the net to score, you know, to a tap in at the front side. I mean, you look at the Michigan really becoming a move that if you have time and space behind the net, they go. I saw Cooley do that live a couple weeks ago versus ASU. Yeah. Just scooped it on up. Like, I watched it live, and I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, I'm sorry. I'd be the poor sparkle, and I just slashed his his ankles after he scored. I'm sorry. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, mean, yeah. (laughs) Like, like that's definitely something that guys have to plan for now. Like, on the defensive end, it's like, if you see that start to happen, you take full speed at that back post, and you just go at him. Because you know the puck's coming up, right? Uh, You know, and, and there's been a couple of times where, you know, I've seen guys fake the Michigan and it works out because guys are kind of expecting it now, especially on, you know, shorter goalies and stuff. You're expecting the Michigan. You just kind of are because, you know, you're if you're down on that side, they, you give some of the top of the net. You know, if you're not, you know, six foot eight, you're going to give a little bit of that top corner. So, I mean, if they do it correctly, they do it quick like Zegers does. You're going to score. So, yeah. 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 And that's the thing with these talented young players now right i love that flip on over that there that you know i'm even watching younger kids do it i watched a kid in peewee hockey do that move flipping mm-hmm. a puck on over to the guy waiting for that set play you know like as a goalie good luck yeah you i mean know, i don't, I don't know like, why i don't know why it has been happening more before that you know i think it was almost like a unwritten rule you don't flip it up over the net i don't know but i well yeah. but there was a lot of stuff like look i'll go back me being canadian like there was a lot of don cherry worship right and mm-hmm. it was like, Don Cherry can never mm-hmm. say anything wrong. And I was the type going, no, he can say a lot wrong. And this is part of the problem. Like, you know, the like, I'll go back to it. Like running up the score, Don Cherry hated it. The 1970s Canadians won so much because they ran up the score. If you're mm-hmm. putting the puck in the net, you don't, ha- you continuously do it throughout the game. A team can't come back. You're, you're killing their momentum. So you never sit on the league, run up the score, do it every time, right? Do it every single stinking time, run up the score. Because yeah. that's because you're, you're burying your opponent, right? You're not doing your team any favors by holding back. And he didn't yeah. like what he called the hot dog stuff, right? And to him, that would have been a hot dog move. The Michigan goal would have been a hot mm-hmm. dog move. No, it's mm-hmm. great. These are great. These are phenomenal plays. So, you know, it's getting away from the traditional. Like, you know, I, I get mad at dump and chase a lot because I like to see guys carry the puck over the, you know, over the blue line. Sometimes you have to do it. But when Canadian hockey was all just dump and chase, like, no wonder why Europeans, you know, stepped in and, you know, started taking on over, right? Like the, yeah. like one of my favorite uh, hockey documentaries all, all has to do with the Red Wings. They had two of them, right? That that came yep. out. 
But the one about the Russians was phenomenal because, you know, it, it, you, Chris, you felt it because they, you know, McGillney was the first one to really break in. Was that, am I correct on that one? Is it McGillney the first one yeah. to come in? I yes. believe it was McGillney. Yep. Yes. Yep. And, and McGillney did a good job of adapting to the North American style of play. But it was the other Russians that came in because they were used to passing the puck backwards, different looping styles of skating, right? And the Detroit Red Wings under Scotty Bowman, where all these other players were struggling, they brought them all together. That was the secret to their success besides Iserman, right? You know, beside the other players they had on their team was that. Like, they brought in Russians that had a different uh, attacking style. And then the Europeans coming in. And wasn't Cherry all bent up about that, about Russians coming into the the NHL? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing, too, was the, you know, the Europeans coming in, hitting the top of the circle and circling back. Right. Allowing everybody else to attack in and hitting that person with speed, you know, with the pass. Right. That Mm -hmm. changed the game a ton because, you know, the North American Mm -hmm. style, again, was throw the puck in the corner, you know, grind them on down, try to cycle the puck on out, get it in front of the net. Still effective, mm-hmm. but not as effective as carrying in at times. And yep. that's a lot harder to defend. Like, I think Alfredson was one of the best ones at doing that, was hitting that top of the circle and circling back, right? And then yep. boom, is open. So, so Sedin twins were the first two. And that's why Cherry hated them. I think he called them the Bobsy twins or something stupid. But they were so good and gifted at finding openings and, and playing the, the game differently and really thinking it and use, relying a ton on skill. Oh, yeah. And it the greatest thing that happened to hockey was the changing of the rules, right? Like getting rid of the two-line pass. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened in the game. Because, you know, the it European game was – Yeah, it opened it up. Now you can you can attack the, the neutral zone with a ton of speed. And then, mm-hmm. you know, trying to eliminate the neutral zone trap. Like, so all the credit to Martin Brodeur and, and, and the world, right? Like, <laughs> and that yeah. was probably the worst Stanley Cup finals we had to watch with the New Jersey Devils back when the neutral zone trap and Brodeur was playing the puck out, right? Because you couldn't do anything. Yeah, uh, Reminds me the of the last uh, Patriots Super Bowl win. That was the worst game I ever watched. Like, what was it, 2019? <laughs> The twenty, the, yeah. the Super Bowl, the, like the one they won thirteen to awful. three or something like that, where they, where they basically only scored yeah. field goals. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My Canadian, yeah. my Canadian wife who didn't watch football, I convinced her. I'm like, hey, we got friends coming over. It's the Super Bowl. It's like the oh, biggest no. event. And that's the game she watched. At, after, like by halftime, I'm like, she's never gonna sit down for a football game with me again. Yeah, that, that game was. Oh no! That well, I need. I need. I need to get her like that Boise. What was it the uh, Fiesta Bowl back in like 2007? Like Boise and Oklahoma. Oh, that one. Put that it down was for insane. That game. Yeah, she'd be a fan. But God, that was a good game. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what are your What are your thoughts on the trapezoid, boys? Do you think they should get rid of it now? I hate it. I I, I honestly, it's 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 irrelevant in every league but the NHL. Isn't it? I mean, like you, you look at yeah. NCAA, there's no trapezoid. You look at uh, junior hockey, the trapezoid isn't in effect. Even in the WHL, I don't believe it's in effect. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's like once you get to the NHL or the AHL uh, or one of those leagues, I mean, I, I, doesn't it stop at the ECHL? Don't they do that or do I, they have it in the ECHL? I don't know if the Grizzlies have it. Actually, I'd have to look now because – yeah, I'd imagine that if they want players to be able to bump up from the ECHL, because, I mean, the only – it's never going to be – I'm sorry, it's rarely ever going to be a forward or defenseman. The only players that can bump up in the same year from the goalie. ECHL to the NHL are goalies. Yeah, I it's, know. You have to be – yeah. So, 
it, you would imagine a bunch of goalies would be comfortable with that. So I'd have to say that the ECHL would have it, but now I have to look at the uh, Maverick Center. Yeah, and to be Utah. honest, I never even looked at the AHL to see if they have it. To be honest with you, because it's just it's just one of those things that just popped into sure my head. Like, have it. Yeah. you still you still you know watching it in the NHL, it still kind of drives me nuts now because. Uh, you know, to me, it's ridiculous that if you, you know, you're scooping a puck, you know, from, you know, into the trapezoid, it's a penalty. I'm like, K -k come on. Right. You're, you know, you're, you're already handcuffing goalies. Like, I get why they needed to do it back in the day, but then you also don't get any, you, you're losing the opportunity for those awesome goal goalie goals, right? Yeah. When the, when the, yep. You know, when, because all the guy has to do now is, you know, you know, when the, the puck, the, the net's empty is cross the red line, throw it into the corner. Goalie can't yeah. go touch that. But hell, yeah. I loved like I was at Mike Smith's game, by the way, when he scored a goal. And this is what's funny is there's this guy standing beside me or sitting beside me. I've talked to him a few times. Uh, he was a military vet. And I, I just said to him, like, you know, hey, like just a month ago, you know, Smitty took that shot on that. And he just missed. And I went after the game to go to because I always like talking to some of the players after the games when they had a good game. Right. So Coyotes yeah. have access, which I love out here. So I just said to Smitty, he was with his dad. I'm like, Smitty. Man, you, you you were inches away, man. I'm like, it hit a chip on the ice. He's like, yeah. I'm like, Smitty, you're going to get one here soon, man. I just know what's going to happen. So literally as that play was about to happen, I'm talking to this guy. And I'm like, he's going to get one soon enough. And I just relived that story. And no sooner did I say that, that he trapped the puck, smack on the ice and shot. I lost my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was screaming my head <laughs> off going, you, you know, it's it's like this. The Michigan goal was cool, right? Seeing certain things happen, seeing McDavid score a goal against Smith going full blast was there, mind blowing. There, there's nothing but to like watch, a goalie goal. Oh yeah, I just no. lost my marble. So I immediately ran over to the team store, bought a jersey, and had Smitty sign it that night. I was like, you, Smitty, you got to do this for me, buddy. I, I can't believe what I just saw. And I used to take a, a good camera to the to the games and take pictures. And that's one time like I didn't have my camera ready. Oh right? no. Oh, I was so pissed. I was so pissed. And then I tried to look for that picture, but nobody caught, you know, there was no good quality pictures of Smitty trapping it to take the shot. Like nobody had it. It's like everybody just gave up on the game at that point. The game's done. It's over and done with here. And here we go. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was such an awesome, awesome moment for me to to check that on out. But yeah, I'm yeah. in a huge. Get, yeah, get rid of that trap. Yeah, scored, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing is that you see you saw more of that happen before the trapezoid was in place, right? Yeah. Now the goalie's only shot is if they flip it in on you that you can trap it and there's nobody directly in front of you, right? You gotta so, hope there's no centerly drive. You gotta hope they're going for a change. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. Like honestly, yeah, and that you gotta feel bad for somebody like Carey Price. Like Price would have had one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely would have had a goal. Like, you know, he he handled the puck so damn well. Like that's what's killing me right now with him being out is, you know, besides fans, you know, okay, here, here you're gonna hear me gripe again. Was he worth ten million? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I pay it again. Yep. You know, I tell him to do it again because the stuff that he could do and the way he control the game and just his personality, right? Yeah. Just calm back there the entire time. So that always drove me nuts. Never pay a goalie more than this amount of money. Price was worth it. Like if he had a solid defense in front of him his entire career, man, he it would have been a lot better. Um, you know, it would have been so much better. And, and the knee thing too, right? Like that's yeah. the, where you just wish that injury never had happened, right? And you could see yeah. more of them. Uh, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So sorry about the tirade about the trapezoid because that just popped into my head. I no, it's a it's a good it's a good question. I mean, we don't use it in the USPHL. Uh, I know college doesn't use it. 
I know ACHA doesn't use it, that's for sure. Um, so, I mean, it's like, and, and I know they're trying to grow the game of, you know, college draft picks and stuff. I mean, I, I think that you take it out. I, I honestly think that, I think if you take it out, it opens up the ability to have more offense, which is what Gary Bettman wants, uh, right? He, he wants more offense. He wants goals to go up. I think goals have gone up like, I, I was I was reading an article about it a couple of days ago where goals have gone up like almost three or four times as much this year as they have in like the last 10 years or something like that. And there hasn't been a change. It's just been the newer skill guys coming into the league and tearing it up. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think you get rid of it. But uh, going back to the Carey Price thing, you think he's a Hall of Famer? Oh, yeah. yes. So the, the the whole the whole old standard of you had to win a cup. Come on. Like mm-hmm. how many shots do good players get at cups? Right. Well, yeah. Not only so, that, but I want to interrupt and be, before you go on that rant. Heat that uh, that video you sent me. Could you also send it to Steve? Steve, do you want to? I'll cut your email out here, Steve. Um, yeah. But you want to give him your email so he can send you that? Or yeah, do you, yes. Are you, or you're on, you're on Instagram, right? Yeah. Uh, Bats Nasland. Yeah, Bats. Yeah, yeah Bats So he can see this uh, the save. Yeah, I will. Do you follow uh, Pigeonhole on the on Instagram here? I gotta look on Instagram. Do you I think Steve? I do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do I on Instagram. Yeah, I, I absolutely do because you pop yeah. on up. So yeah, I'll, I'll you take a look. A, yeah, you, this is where you get a lot of your fix and from the saves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your what, morning caffeine. What's your username on there? I think I'm at Bats Nasland. I, I think you're Bats Naslander, right? Yeah, let me take a like look. B-A-T-S here. I gotta try Naslund? to pull it on up. Yeah, I gotta take a look and see what I'm registered as. It says Habs fan living in Coyotes territory. Yeah, Bats Nazlin. Yeah, you're Bats Nazlin. Yeah, I just, I just shot you a follow. I'm going to send you over that video right now. That I just yeah, I'm sent. looking at some of my... Oh, dude, you're, you're going to see a lot of my decorations. I just decorations. wanted to interrupt this way. Steve could see the save before um before he went on the, the pricing. Because, yeah, we've had that discussion. Like, I 100% think. Yeah, I'm with you. This whole... God, and it, it, there's always that... I'm look, I can see the guy's face. He was a Maple Leaf. Never won the cup. And people are like, oh, he doesn't, believe, you know, I think it was Cher- Cherry or somebody's like, oh, he doesn't deserve to be. And I'm like, that is complete bullshit. As a Sabres fan, watching that guy play my entire childhood, 100% Hall of Famer. And I see his face, but I can't remember his name right now. This is the problem with getting old. Because um, the second, yeah, like, you know what's tight? You guys, you want to hear something awesome? Guess what just popped up on my feed on Instagram? Don what? Cherry commenting with Sidney Crosby. Not even kidding you. This is so awesome. This is a hot dog move. He's going to get hurt on Crosby's Michigan goal in 2003. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, like, look, all, all the hardcore cherry people are going to come at me. And I'm like, Don knew the game, right? He knew the game of hockey, but he wasn't, like, this whole, like, he was the best coach ever. I'm like, no, he got called on a too many men no. penalty and lost the cup because of it, right? So yeah. he had, like, there's there's nobody, the only person I would say that I would very rarely ever question about hockey would be Scotty Bowman, be about the only one. But, like, right here, this was the problem with it, right? And talk about holding back players in a country, right? Don't do this because, it, like, a lot of coaches would drive that home, right? You know, oh, it's hot dogging, don't do this. Hell no. Like, it, dude, if somebody ripped a Michigan goal on me, like I said, I would want to break his ankle because it's so embarrassing. Like, how the hell do you stop that? Yeah, right, you know, because you'd, you'd want to break his ankle and get his autograph in the same night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you sign my goalie stick that I shattered your ankle with, please? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's just hilarious because I think this really did hold back the game. You know, uh, you know, and hey, so Heath, what's your what's your handle on Twitter? Because it hasn't popped up yet. Uh, Goldiewood32. I shot you a follow over, and then I sent you the video. 
So okay. Now this is uh, this is on Instagram, right? So yes. my Instagram's just updating here for whatever reason. And I'll you check guys out. To, you know, if the listeners might hear this or not, but you guys go to their uh, Twitter, not Twitter, Facebook. Damn it, Facebook. Insta, oh, Insta handles being out there. Hey, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine with that. All right, just making sure. 100. Yeah, yeah, right. no, I'm listeners, good with that. You still get to hear. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So just getting back to that, the thing, like there's certain things like, you know, Batman got crapped on a lot. Right. So we'll, we'll talk a few seconds about here, but if Batman didn't do what he did, you know, Vegas isn't getting a team. California's yep. not getting teams. Florida's not getting teams. Right. Nashville's not getting teams. So how like besides the, the, the shit show, that's the Arizona coyotes that hopefully is now finally resolved in the next couple of years, because also, you know, as a coyotes fan, like I'll, 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 I'll chime in on some things. Right. And part of it was, you know, the Coyotes always had a hard time because of bad luck, right? So they make the conference finals. The next season, we got a shortened season due to a lockout. They were supposed to get the All-Star game, and that got canceled, yeah. which drives a lot more attention, right? But in that shortened season, the Coyotes were the hottest team in hockey in the month of February and March and missed the playoffs because of one point. Had it been a full season, they were going back. And they made it so far, you know, in, in the playoffs of the previous year, they were coming back with a vengeance. Then it got cut short, and that was the end of it, right? They had to blow up that team, right? So yeah. in that whole, you know, the idiot from BlackBerry, who I don't even know if he has any money left anymore now, trying to scoop in with the bankruptcy thing, like that, that's not on the organization's side of things, right? So, you know, Chris was out here for a game. The setup in Glendale was beautiful. Like the way to do these arenas, you know, is to have a huge complex of different things around to draw more crowds in. And mm-hmm. they're doing like ASU hockey right now is a lot of fun to watch. Like, oh man, going to one of their games right now, oh, so much fun. Yeah. That, that that ice is slick. It's fast. Like watching them versus the, you know, the Golden Gophers, that was fun. Like I had, I had a good time at that game. And now, you know, I'll let you know how the NHL looks there. You know, I'm going to be there this Friday against the Islanders. But, um, you know, if they get this arena built and the, oh, this owner now has his gambling license here in Arizona, so the team's not moving. Like I hate to burst everybody's bubble on that. He's not letting go of that. That no, team's here. They're going to find a way to keep him here. But with that team staying here now, you know, it's going to get, you know, you're going to get more brilliant players. Like uh, how's that? Hey, remember everybody criticizing that Tage Thompson <laughs> contract yeah. in the summer? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you were talking about him on um, Rogue Valley. Like, I was watching the Rogue Valley Rock Springs game today, and they're like, oh, this guy's just Tage Thompson. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's, I, I'm so glad he's on my NHL fantasy team. Oh, yeah, man, like five goals the other night. And oh, that, that was insane. I had that game on uh, in the backyard on the projector with some of the guys over. That game was absolutely insane. <sighs> For a big guy like that, his mitts? Like, you know, he's such a tall, lanky guy, right? So you wouldn't figure that he would be so intricate with the puck. Like, in watching some of his moves, I went, dear Lord, right? Like, <laughs> just like it's another cheat level. Can you imagine putting out in the ice? Like, imagine that lineup. If you threw out McDavid, Thompson, and Matthews on a line. <laughs> like, you know, having yeah. McDavid and having McDavid with Matthews in that uh, the World Cup thing of, of hockey they did was bad enough and McKinnon out there too, right? But yeah, like what I'm so excited about with the future of hockey is now that they're allowing for talent to shine, right? Like the old the old game, like it was brutal. When you go back and watch 80s and early 90s hockey with all the hooking and all the other crap that would go on, 
Uh, you know, it was just such a boring game to watch. Like I still love the sport, but man, it was so much slower. And now you just get to watch these younger, smaller guys sometimes, you know, even the big guys, you know, that don't have to worry about, you know, a dirty hit coming down the middle of the ice, you know, head hunting and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I just love where the game's gone. And, you know, again, going back to a smaller goalie, like you guys are getting your shots again. You know, it's yeah. not you're cut off because of your height, you know, because I forget who I was talking to. And it, it just really angered me. They're like, yeah, if you're not six foot, you're just they're not even giving you a look now. I'm like, but why? Like, why would you yeah. cut somebody off that could be a potential star? Right. Yeah. And this I, was like in North North America, where I don't think they give a crap over in Europe. Right. So, yeah, no, I had know. a I had a. Uh, a dinner uh, with one of the Kings guys and uh, I got like a VIP thing for like years ago. And I, and you got to meet like Rob Blake and he was a, he's a GM at the time or assistant yeah. GM, whatever, whatever he is now he was then. And, you know, I asked him as, you know, as a guy who wants to make it into the NHL as a smaller goalie, you always hear, no, you can't. And, uh, and he said, just keep working because I, he said, when we're looking at goalies, we don't look at height. We look at athleticism and we look at what, you know, what we think can make a stop be pretty much, you know, he said, look at quick, he's on the shorter end and he's playing for us for how many years now? And uh, yeah. And then, and then I met Grant Fuhrer and asked him the same question. He goes, no, I had, I, I told the team to sign this guy. He's five, five, eight or something like that. And they just signed him. So, I mean, it's like, you know, the, the, they, they are really going back to, you know, I because you look at how many goals are scored on guys that are huge, and you look at when they're scored. They're not scored on the first shot typically. They're scored on the second or even the third one that one of us smaller guys would get to. You know, at least the second one. You know what I mean? That you know, if mm-hmm. your defense isn't there by the third or the fourth, there's something there's something wrong with a change or <laughs> something's going on. But uh, but no, yeah, you know, you look at those and you you think, yeah, no, they're going back to smaller goalies, which is good for which is good for us smaller guys that is, you know, hopeful to make it to the NHL or AHL or, you know, even, you know, a, you know, ECHL or, you know, some pro league somewhere, um, you know, uh, yeah. So it's definitely good for us. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun watching. Like I said, the, you know, the Jonathan quicks, the Mark Andre Fleury's of the world, they're just so mm-hmm. fun to watch. Oh you know, yeah. It's just, it's, it's amazing watching their quick reflexes, their athleticism, right? Um, cause I'll be honest, like, it's not, a, it's not me crapping on, and on Ben Bishop, right? He was just huge. Yeah. You know, he was just so massive. Like, you know, he butterflied and still 90% of the net's taken up and like, Hey, good for him. Like, I wish I had some of his size cause I was a shorter goalie. Um, you know, uh, but you know, watching these smaller guys like Saros, I love watching his game. Like there's like, I'm a fan of hockey, right? Like I always watch my Habs play. Like, you know, the, the default's always going to be, they're going to be on. I'll watch the coyotes play, but then I watch other teams because I want to watch specific matchups. Right. And, you know, I, I will always turn on a game that Saros is a net. Like now, like, again, he's in my division or comp, you know, my conference should say, I, you know, Shesterkin when the Habs are playing, I hate him. Right, mm-hmm. but he's so much fun to watch when he's in net, right? So it's those type of matchups that I can't wait to watch. And then hell, if I got McDavid versus Shesterkin, I'm watching that stinking hockey game. I, I want to yeah. watch it. No, hundred you know? percent. Yeah. So, so we usually ask this question: Which guy would you love to face, and which guy would you dread to face? In the NHL right now. Yeah, NHL right now. You got to get you got to get thrown in for the Kings right now. Um. Honestly, I'm going to say I'd love to face McDavid. 
I, I've always, I, I personally have always been a guy that's been like, you know, put me against the best talent in the world, even at younger ages. Like, I, I don't fear that. I don't fear NHL shots. I don't fear, you know, I've always been, you know, challenge me because that's the only way I'm going to get better. Right. You know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. get better with playing below my level or, you know, at my level. I'm going to get better by challenging my level. So, you know, that'd be a guy that I definitely want to face. And uh, a guy that I probably wouldn't want to face is, you know, uh, God, maybe an OV one timer on the power play. That, that'd be kind of mm-hmm. that'd be kind of scary. He gets those off quick, uh, you know, but I, yeah. And it looks time, like such a heavy shot, too. Right. Like, oh, it, it is. It's always a heavy shot, you know, especially with the tracking on the pucks that, that they have now and stuff. I think the. I think that I was looking at that and uh, and one of them they said his, his fastest this year was like was like 99 coming off of a one timer but like if you really think about that that's really fast coming off of a one timer all the way across where you're pretty much having to slide yeah right so so you basically please don't hit me in the head or high please hit me low right and because uh, yeah. you know you, you don't have a lot of time to react from what the bottom of the circle pretty much is where he's shooting or middle of the bottom of the circle. I mean, that's yeah, it's his, it's his office. It's his office. And that's why he scores there a lot of the time. So that's for sure. Yeah. The you know, the uh, I remember watching a game because Shea Weber had it. And so for people that don't understand being a goalie, there's people that have fast shots like the puck and rocket off their stick quick. But when you stop it, it doesn't hurt. You don't feel it much. Mm-hmm. There's other guys' shots, like, it's somehow, like, when they unload it, it's like that puck just gained 100 pounds when it hits you. Yeah. And it flipping hurts. Like, it hurts like hell. So two two things I want to reference was one was when Patrick Waugh was scared of Elm again as a slab shot. Like, Waugh would probably deny it, but you could see it. Like, mm-hmm. when the, the Flames beat the cat, the Habs for their first, their, for that cup, right? Yeah. Like, his shot was just a lethal bomb. And back then, the equipment is nowhere near what it is today. Yeah. And you could see why every time he was winding up, like, oh, I got to stop this damn thing again. But then going back to another one was Shea Weber slap shot. When he hit uh, Corey Crawford in the head, I thought he yeah. killed him. And that really started a downfall for Crawford because he was concussed. Like how oh, he was yeah. not pulled out of that game, I have no idea. You Is know, that the I one saw where he him, fell backwards? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, he knocked him the hell out. Like that was a KO punch to the head. And the next time Weber wound up to shoot, like you could just see Crawford going, it just don't hit me. Right. And that's not a knock on Crawford. Like that shot would have hit my tiny little melon and would have exploded. The guy would have been the first fatality on the ice, you know? So, so anyway, uh, you know, and that's another one too, going back to player safety. Like how was he not yanked from that game? Like you saw, like when they, they showed the close up to it, like not only did he fall back, you saw his eyes rolling back in his head. I'm like, Oh God, guys, you know, yeah, it was, it was bad, but you know, that type of shot, like I couldn't imagine having Obi or Weber when it's coming across for a one timer. Right. Yeah. Like that one in the Olympics, when Weber shot the puck through the net, you know, And again, it's like another cheat mode thing, right? Like how the how the hell is that even fair, right? And uh, and poor Brendan Gallagher, hand broken twice from Weber slap shot. That's gotta uh, be awful, doesn't it? Oh man, like without the padding, like how many times have you palmed a puck and how bad does that hurt, right? Well, like, I, I could I could tell you one guy that that that's on my team that has a shot that I I would say is probably one of the hardest in the league uh, is Logan Logan Okansky. We call him Logan O'Cannon because he literally like 
when he lets go of it, he has such a quick release, and it picks up speed as it's going to the net. Like like, like most guys' shots, you know, you they shoot it from the point, and, you know, it may dip or something. His literally has eyes for the top of the net and and picks up speed as it's coming towards you. Like, like his shot is insane. Like, he's he's probably one of the best defensemen in the USPHL, in my opinion. Um, obviously, I'm maybe a little biased because he's on my team, but just just the things he does with the puck, his hockey IQ, and then he has a shot like that. He he's he was a great pickup for us. That that's for sure. But I mean, like he he definitely has a cannon of a shot. Yeah, yeah. It's and 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 to explain to people, I love it when they pull, uh, you know you know, people to, you know, non-hockey players to play goal and to step in there, right? Because yeah. if the, the equipment's cool as all hell. Like, it's, I'll be honest with you, it's the first reason why I wanted to be a, a goalie. I love the oh, equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I think just love the way they look. <laughs> yeah, you just want to strap, you just want to strap the, like, the blocker, the pads. You know, we didn't have, <clears throat> back then, the goalie masks weren't, <coughs> pardon me, I just choked on something. Um, goalie masks weren't a big thing. Where they, it was just mostly helmets, right? Yeah. But, but um, you know, you just couldn't wait to get in there. And then, you know, back in the day, I'm not kidding you, like your pads got heavier and heavier as it went on because it would absorb water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the reason why the reason why I did the splits at the age of ten. Um so but uh <clears throat> it's the first time of actually taking a hard shot, right? And then, yeah. you know, having the courage to stand up there. You know what also would drive me nuts? You know, and to this day, I still see is when, you know, players pick off their goalie in a hard spot and warm ups or something. You get that, you know, injury before you even get out there. Yeah, because I always I used that. to laugh at coaches like I would take one in the neck and they're like, well, you're scared of the puck now. I'm like, well, of course, I'm a little jumpy. I just took a puck to the throat. What do you think was going to happen? Like, I got to calm myself <laughs> I down. I took one to the knee once so the whole arena heard <laughs> like even the opposing team. I just, oh. I just dropped it. Oh, I don't know. It made it through everything. It made it through everything. <laughs> Those are the those, worst. Those are those are the worst. Steve, do you got like a yeah? Steve, do you got a case of the maple leaves or something? What's happening, bud? I know I, I grew a beard and I think I just swallowed a hair. So um, it's the first I was just talking. Oh, so you grew a beard, but the beard isn't long enough because you didn't make it long enough in the playoffs. Maple leaves joke again. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm married to a leaf. It work. Joke um, not landed. <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, it, it's also funny talking about the injuries back, you know, back in the day. Like my my one my catching hand, the palm of my hand is so beat up from. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I guarantee if they took an X-ray of it, it would just be like, oh, it's how many times has that thing shattered? I'm like, oh God, only knows how many times. You know, it was <laughs> that's one thing I wasn't great at was gloving the puck in the meshing, right? <laughs> just yeah. every time off the off the palm. Oh, that's gonna that that's explains gonna a lot of my hand pain now, <laughs> like my glove hand. Which is because uh, I'm right-handed, but my glove was my left hand, and yep. I just it's it always hurts now. It just I just accepted the fact that my left hand always just hurts. Well, my worst one, boys, was uh, there was this guy. His name was Ryan O'Reilly. He had this. Here's another one that had that one of those weird shots. Like he could take a slap shot and it would curve in and up. It was weird. So he'd yeah. fire one, you would go below, you know, sometimes glove side, like all of a sudden you're fighting it just to get a piece of your cheater on it to deflect it over the net, right? Well, he ripped one one time on my blocker and it got up underneath the blocker and smashed my pinky. And my knuckle is now, you know, it's been, you can see like it's down at least half an inch down on my hand. Oh. He popped my knuckle off and I didn't even realize because it swelled up, oh, right? I'm like, well, God. okay. 
Yeah, so you talk about pain. When I, it dips in the cold water, I feel that one. And it's funny, when the doctor's examining my hands, he's like, oh, what happened to your knuckle? I ate a puck. <laughs> yeah, right. Th- that, that's always the best conversation with your doctor. You know, you're like, and they'll find something on you. They'll be like, yeah, why do you have, you know, like a fracture here? And you're like, I have a fracture there? Like, like you just don't realize it. They don't like, like, yeah, I mean, like, like I would love, like, at the end of my career, I'm going to go get MRIs on my knees and just see how messed up they are. Um, but, like, like that's something that I've seen a lot of guys go do, do that with their backs and their knees and stuff. And it's just like, were you in the war? Like, like people literally, like, have been asked that. Like, like were you a vet? And they're like, no, I just played hockey and I was a goalie. Um, but no, I mean, the knees just take such a beating too. It's like, you know, they're not supposed to move in the way we make them move, but they move that way. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're going to be jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. That in your (laughs) hips. Like just ask Jonathan Quick's had, I think two hip surgeries, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, I think, I think he had a back surgery early in his career and then he's had like two full groin repair surgeries. I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, goalies um, like well that the other one of the groin injury is the worst one in my opinion to try to get over because uh, once it's pulled, I, reti- I retired because of a groin injury. Then I came back years later, but I just like when I was playing in Canada, I couldn't, I couldn't play, I, I couldn't play for a team because I, I couldn't stay healthy. So I was just kind of like a rental goalie, and uh, yeah, yeah, I tell you, like I just. And when I got to DC and I got hurt again, I'm like, screw it, I'm done. I'm done playing hockey. And I hung my pads up. And then when I got to England, a bunch of buds got me back out of my stink. And I was a backup for a while. Then I got the starter role. And um, yeah, I, you know, but then again, I got injured again. Um, but I got to play a few healthy years. It was incredible. I could, I've, I've never played more than a one healthy year in a row, and I got three years back to back to back before I got injured again, and I haven't been able to recover from that one quite yet, you know. And it's been years, but also yeah. COVID happened, so I haven't. But it's amazing what they could do with surgery now, though, man. Like it used to be, yes. you blew a knee out, you're done, right? Because you know Bobby Orr, mm-hmm. it was his knees that stopped him from playing. And you watch how much, you know, how quickly guys come back now, right? From even this, you go see a hand surgery now. You're like, okay, so he broke a hand and he's going in for surgery. I'm like, I'm not a surgeon, so I can't tell you what works. But I'm like, man, that's amazing. So, and then with Quick, you you thought he was done. Like, I don't know how he's going to walk in his older years. Like, the way he plays the game. Like, I always comment on it. Yeah, the the way he the way he moves and the way like like I I've heard stories from friends who like and people who work in the Kings organization and who are close with close with those guys obviously that he literally used to go into the gym. I think Trav for Oilers used to tell this story too, but like I've heard it too. So, but like it's like he'd go into the gym like cold, like didn't warm up, didn't stretch out, didn't do anything, and he would squat like four hundred pounds, like just straight out of the gate squat 400 pounds and like like no warm-up no nothing no cardio before no like oh i'm gonna stretch my i'm gonna stretch out like just go into the gym squat 400 pounds and leave like that in that is insane to me like the fact he didn't tear stuff doing that is insane to me yeah he must just be built genetically different man because if I tried to do anything remotely close to that, uh, <laughs> again, like I'm hurt from just playing, you know, just by being a goalie for so long. My knees and my ankles and my hips just hate me. 
just freaking yeah. hate me. So like I said, like, you know, when people like I know some Habs fans, you know, that were making comments about price, you know, he talks about being in chronic pain. They're like, well, you know, he's full of crap. He's out hunting. I'm like, you have no idea how bad that hurts. Like I had I had my knee was just a little unstable for a year and it was just this constant nagging pain just sitting on the couch, you know, walking everything i did it pissed off i couldn't roll over in bed at night without that thing screaming at me i'm like you know and mine was nothing compared to what he he's going through right so Mm -hmm. the amount of wear and tear on a goalie's body is unbelievable but even in hockey right like goalies you're on that thin little blade with a ton of equipment doing unnatural movements to your body but Mm -hmm. and when i heard about how bad shea weber was you know would force them to retire you know um it's just not if you really think about it, putting all your body weight on a thin little metal blade <laughs> in this in his boot strapped to ice, it's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. So that's why, like, yeah, I always consider hockey players, you know, as some of the toughest athletes on the face of the earth because of that. Like, you oh know, yeah, you, yeah, you hear about guys playing through the playoffs with like broken broken wrists and stuff. I know Quick played through the 2014 playoffs at least that last series with a fully broken blocker wrist. And for anyone who has ever played the position, when you put a puck to the corner, you have to roll that wrist over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like, with a broken wrist, I, I don't think he could do that. Uh, but that just that just shows the testament to how competitive he is and how competitive he was in that situation where he was like, broken wrist, all right, I'm going to play through it. Uh, it's the Stanley Cup Finals against, you know, the New York Rain- Rangers. I'm playing through it. And then if you look and you watch like his videos of like after it, when he's, you know, with the cup, like shortly after that, he's got a full on like, like cast on his arm. Like when he's going back up to like uh, where he went to school and stuff, uh, like to bring the cup back there, he's got a full on cast on his arm. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it was legit when you, they cast you up and they're like, yeah, you're not moving for a while. Uh, so, yeah. It, it's yeah, do you remember seeing that uh, clip of uh, Logan Couture's ankle, the one playoff? Yes. <laughs> yes, that was. So this, this, the stuff that these guys go through, right, is just incredible. Like you know, like so going by, you know, defaulting back to Weber and the Habs, like <clears throat> getting all the way to a Cup final, you know, getting so close there, and you're watching these guys just like most guys break down, right? Because you want you want your boys to win it. You you battled through that whole friggin' season. You were so damn close. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, you, you saw everybody flock to Weber after that. You know, after you knew the there was something wrong. Yeah, you knew it was bad. You knew, you knew it was going through. Yeah, you knew it was done. And I watched Gallagher just, you know, absolutely losing it, which, you know, makes you lose it when a, a tough little spark plug like that, you know, gets emotional, right? And, you know, you knew something was wrong. And then they started talking about, well, now it's about his quality of life and being able to walk and move. I was like, holy shit. Like, I was crapping on Weber that season going, like, man, he's so slow. Like, you, you got to pick up your pace. And you then were. when you hear that stuff, you're like, oh, well, I'm going <laughs> to shut up now. Right? Yeah. Like, man, I was, I, was, I was an idiot for, you know, even suggesting it, right? Like, you just thought he was getting a little bit older and slowing down. Like, no, man, the guy battled through brutal pain just to get there. Right? Because yeah. I remember seeing this clip. They went to go donate blood or something. And he had two, like, if I'm not mistaken, he had two braces on his arm, on his wrists. And then he had braces on a knee and an ankle. I was like, oh, God. I'm like, but my next question was, why did that person in the media release that photo? 
What were you yeah, thinking? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I, I, have, I have zero clue. And, and honestly, like, if you think of, I, I think that Gordy Howe, uh, I think it was Gordy Howe, had to have somebody tie his skates for him, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken of the player there, like his last two right. seasons. Yeah. Uh, like, because he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. Like, he could not tie his skates, but he kept playing at such a high level. Like, I mean, you look at guys like, like one of our guys right now is banged up. I won't say who, but he's banged up and he's playing through it. And we have to help him every day. Like, like, like th- that's just how it is. And, you know, there, there's even at junior hockey level of our level, there's guys playing through injuries that they probably shouldn't be playing through. Um, you know, and that's just, that's just what happens, right? Like, like guys just, the compete level is there and they just want to compete so bad that it's like, okay, I'll get that surgery after the season. I'll get that surgery, you know, at the end of the season, if we know we're not going to make the playoffs, like those kind of things you hear about guys all the time in the NHL, once they get eliminated, all oh, these guys are all on the IR, they're going to get surgeries. <laughs> they were waiting until they saw they were out. Right. Like, like you see that stuff happen all the time right right when the playoffs start kind of rolling around you hear about oh yeah this guy played with a broken wrist the entire season or this guy played you know the back half of the year with you know a torn you know ligament or whatever in his ankle like I mean you just hear that stuff all the time and coming from a guy who's had torn ligaments in his ankle you can't it's so hard to play on it if you're a goalie or even if you're a skater because you put so much pressure on it so yeah it's, it's insane it's truly insane yeah hockey players are just a different breed of you know and and the thing is when you're competing too right i was a different goalie like if i felt if i was in a game and i let one in and i could just feel that i wasn't in a game i'd pull myself i'd be like no i'm not doing i want to do it for the team right like i'd I'd yank myself i think three times when i was playing because i just didn't feel the coach is looking at me like i'm stupid right and i'm like Mm -hmm. no i'm I'm not in it i want to give these guys a chance to compete right Mm -hmm. but i remember having an injury and not wanting to come out right like you know, it just drove you freaking nuts because you wanted to keep playing through it. You're like, no, I got this. And to keep yeah. going through, like the first time I blew out my knee, I tried to stay in the game. Like I, it's the first time I ever heard it pop. And oh, it was, oh yeah, I heard the pop. Yeah. Like I was down. So what had happened is I went, you know, butterfly. Then I had to extend into like a split to make the save. And as soon as I extended in the split, the rebound popped back out and I went to go pop off the ice and I heard it, right? So I heard oh. the pop. I got up on my feet, and my dad could see me shaking my leg. My dad used to stand behind me every game, like, you know, switching ends. My dad would do the walk every game. Yeah. So uh, yeah. so anyway, uh, you know, I was sitting there shaking it. And then the next play, as soon as I went to go push off, it hurt, right? Shaking mm-hmm. it off again. And then, you know, the coach didn't want to put the backup in. I Actually, I think my backup, that's the truth. My backup wasn't at the game that game. He, he wasn't there. So I, I didn't have anybody to rely on. Right. So they end up throwing in just another random player because I couldn't finish the game. And I knew that. But, you know, try stopping yourself when a shot comes down low from butterflying into the save. My dad's like, well, try to be a stand up goalie. <laughs> okay. it, it's reflexes. And, and and I've had I've had injuries, obviously, like coming back from like last season. I'm very open about what I had happened last year. You know, at UNLV, I had a fully torn like everything was torn in my ankle uh, at the end of the year. So, I mean, coming back from that, like you, you, you want to play on it as quickly as you can. Right. Cause you want to not lose what you've, what you've gained and stuff like that. But like coming back, I was doing things that I had done a million times and having extreme pain. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, and it's like the thing where your body, where you know, your body's healed and your doctors are like, it's healed. You can play on it. You're fine. 
but it's the mind that goes, yeah, no, you're not doing this today. And there were times where, I, where you know, practices would be cut short for me. You know, I had a – the first couple of practices back, I went for, like, I think half the practice. Like, I mean, just because you have to you have to work it back in. But, like, I wanted to go so badly, and my coach had to pull me. They were like, you you can't do this right now. You have to, you have to get off the ice right now. Like, it's that competitive nature of I can keep doing this. I'm going to keep pushing. And you're like, yeah, no, not, not going to happen today, buddy. But – yeah, no, that that stuff has happened all the time. Like to, to guys on our team right now, it's happening. Like to, to guys in other teams, I'm sure it's happening, you know. So yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. Injuries so, are just scary. So if you guys yeah. could pull one one player back from an injury that's reti- had to retire early because of it, who would it be? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um that is. Uh, I, I would say uh, Carey Price isn't officially retired, so I'm not going to say him. There's still hope. Uh, obviously, that's very, very slim to none. Um, oh, I, I, like I, that they could still currently play or just ever. Yeah, that's oh, a good question ever. too. Just ever. Oh. Just ever. I don't care throughout the course because you remember, like Bobby Orr, right? He was out yeah. because of his knee. Uh, Mike Bossy because of his back, right? And Bossy was ripping. You know what? I would say Di Pietro. Di Pietro, yeah, still kept playing it. Like, but Di Pietro got once he got his injury bug, like he was supposed to be like one of the next best goaltenders ever. Yeah, it just never stopped. And people like, oh, you know, Mr. Glass. I'm like, no, you don't understand it. Like, I still have my Di Pietro Islanders jersey. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love Rick Di Pietro. He played actually. He played in Garbage Park and Kirchin too. He was playing Dell too uh, at the same time I was playing in in a thing there. So, you know. Awesome guy, awesome goalie, super funny. And man, if he would have gotten bit by that like bug, he'd be probably one. But again, how many goalies and probably it stands for a lot of players just end up with that freak injury and it's it. That's over. And they pile up like I was a pile up goalie. I think that's why I definitely, you know, felt a lot of uh, empathy for for a Pietro situation because I'm like, no, I know what it's like to want to compete and can't, you, you just, you get back and you know, it's, it's just another issue. If it isn't your back, it's your knee. If it's not your knee, it's a concussion. If it's not a concussion. It's your hand. If yeah. it's not your hand, it's an ankle, you know? And, and, and there are the, I mean, I would have to say Ben Bishop to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Cause just, just watching his press conference of him retiring because of something that happened with his knee, you know, I think it happened when he was playing, you know, like you look at, you look at guys like, like him and you think, okay, he didn't get injured in those playoffs, but it's been nagging him since he was injured when he played for Tampa. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I mean, you, what, what people don't realize is that, you know, when injuries happen to not everyday people that are, you know, just walking to and from their office complex. Right. To guys who are cons- like like I don't think people realize NHLers and junior hockey players are practicing every single day for sometimes mm-hmm. two hours a day. I mean like 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 I mean that that and then and then you're doing off ice and then you're doing this. So I mean you're putting your body through the ringer through the season and like the off season is like the time where you see everybody get surgeries and people go. I've had people ask me like that don't know hockey or don't know sports. Why do people get why do people get surgeries at the end of the year? And it's because you go through so many injuries throughout the year where it's like you have to. Like if you don't, your body's yeah. just going to say no more. We're done. Um, you know what I mean? And so th- there's been times like there's been people that like you just like I've had people ask me, you know, what what happens with an injury? You know, why does people like why do guys get injured and then they keep getting injured? And that that whole answer to that is 
it once you get injured in a certain area you know it's like the it's like the whole you know the leg bones connected to the you know that that whole song that you sing you know and <laughs> it, it's 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 legitimate like like once you once you get injured somewhere like like i've seen guys get injured in the knee and all of a sudden they're maybe dropping a second late because of that knee injury they take it to the head they get a concussion i mean literally it could be those things that have that one injury can get you to have a concussion, a thing like, you know, an ankle, because yeah. like you get injured in your knee or your hip, your ankle takes the brunt of the load. Your ankle's not supposed to take the brunt yeah. of the load. So you so you tear things. I mean, like, like literally, it's just like the whole body's connected. And that's that's something that I wish that fans would start realizing a little better, because, you know, you see guys like Quick, he's struggling this year, but there's been some rumors that he's not playing at 100 percent. So fans are like immediately jumping all over his ass. He sucks. He's flushed up. And last season they were like, oh, he's the best. He's coming back. He's the best. Yada, yada. Fans turn so quickly without knowing the backstory of these players. Like they could be having issues at home for all you know. And that could have a huge effect on their mental state and the way they play the game. Right. Like, I mean, oh, you yeah. don't you just you just don't I know. Saw I saw that last year with Jeff Petrie. And yep. the only the only issue I had with him because I did publicly call him out. Is because he had a letter on his chest, right? So I get it. Like I get your family, right? Yeah. I, I get that his wife wanted him the heck on out of there, like you know, wanted him to come, you know, because they were isolated from their family because you couldn't cross the border with COVID. Like I get it, but you have an obligation to your team, and when you're just mailing it in on a game, that's when I was getting mad. I'm like, at least show that you care, right? Like put an effort out there. Like I I get it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. to, in his position, like, and I was, I'm a huge Petrie fan. Like, you know, I loved him on my team and like, I always celebrated his game. You know, I met him a few times and was introduced him to my daughter saying that's Jeff Petrie, probably one of the most underrated, you know, defensemen in this league. He's really smart with the puck, you know, and his, his big issue was when he was just trying to do too much, like a lot of players do, right. When he simplifies yeah. game man, he was good, but that bothered me. But like, on the same aspect of things, like, how do you get that out of your head? Right. If your wife is miserable and you know, that you know they just want to be with family like, yeah I, I i get it you know so i backed off a lot of my comments because i'm like yeah I, I totally understand and i knew why he was going to be traded now chris yeah. and i have also talked because you always hate the, that when this stuff gets leaked the guy's trade value goes down so kudos to the habs brass for you know getting what they got out of pittsburgh for it right yeah um, but but yeah but the players with injury like it's it's so quick like to like for people to judge that player and then just write him on off. Like I said about Weber, I thought he was just getting, you know, just getting, you know, slower in his step. And then as soon as I found out about that, like, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I take everything back. I'm just going to shut my mouth because that guy put up with more pain, you know, in probably a day than I have in my entire life collected. Right. So yeah. it does make you sit back. And there's also some comments because I think this happened. They were interviewing actually it was uh, the Wrexham series that was on and they were talking about GMs. Right. And yeah. it's not just when you go to make a trade or you're doing something or you got a, you're sitting a player, you know, people make those decisions without knowing these people. Like it's so easy. Like, well, just bench that guy. Right. And it's yeah. not quite that easy. You know, or just trade that guy. Well, there's a lot more to it. There's a human being wrapped up in that. Yeah, when you, you trade know, a guy, you're you're also trading his family, his kids, yeah. his you know, you're you're yeah. you're, ma- you're basically having to be like, hey, buddy, you're gonna have to find new new schooling for your kids, you know, in the next two days because you're because you're getting shipped out. I mean, like like that's and and hockey players are already, you know, as I think everyone knows or they should know, they're already without their families so much because you're on the road so much. Um, you know, it's like, if you're not on the road, you're at home. And if you're at home, you're practicing like, like that's, 
that's how it is. And, you know, when, when you're practice, you know, when you come home from practice, you're just dead. I mean, like, like, and so you got to kind of try to be like, okay, I got to hang out with the family now, you know, stuff like that. So like when, when guys get traded, it's not just the player going, it's the family, it's, you know, friends, it's, I mean, like everything, it's a, it's a full on. And, and then, you know, you got that team on the other side calling you going, Hey, when are you coming in? You're coming in this week, right? Or, Hey, you're coming in, you know, for junior hockey, obviously you get a week, I think. But, um, but like for pros, you know, you get traded, you're there literally by the end of the day, <laughs> like, like you may be even playing that night if they really need you that badly. You might be, you know, dressing for, you know, Montreal one day, getting literally traded the next and having to play for, you know, Vegas the next. I mean, that's literally how it goes. And you never know if you're going to be traded or not. You know, you get a call tomorrow saying, oh, you've been traded. And you're like, oh, OK, where am I going? And it could be all the way across the country. Like it, it could just be totally life uprooting. So who, who was it this? But it's season? crazy from some of these players that find out. From like Twitter or something like Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, I've been traded. Yeah, like I was. It's uh, insane. I think people. I, I was I was working out up because uh, I work out with the Knights trainers. I was working out with the Knights trainer when it happened, and I looked down at my phone and I go, Fleury just got traded. He goes, what? And his wife like works with the team, and so she was in the room too. And they're both like strength and conditioning coaches. They they do the UNLV strength and conditioning. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, Flurry just got traded and it came out on Twitter and apparently he was never notified and he just found out through Twitter. And you, you like felt a feeling in the building because like Flurry had just been there earlier that day. He was just there signing autographs earlier that day. And then he gets traded like that. Like it was just like, why? Like how? Like you're not going to tell the guy he was just in your building. Yeah, yeah. I, there, there's been some. Yeah. So that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other episode. Is like some classless moves made by organizations, right? Because there's been a few of them, and something like yeah. that. Like Flurry was the face of that franchise. So when that trade happened, I was like, Are "You? I got my me? Golden Knights Flurry jersey, man. Like, <laughs> I love Flower Power. Like, I, I gave up my Subban jersey because my buddy in Buffalo just wouldn't stop begging me for it. And this is before Malcolm Subban at that point was a Buffalo Saber. And he was like, man, I really want your Golden Knights jersey. So eventually I, I sold it to him because I wasn't giving it away. And I'm like, well, I gave up my Golden Knights jersey. I'll get a Flower Power jersey. And I think it was like within a year he was already traded again. And I'm like, damn it. Like he, the disrespect in that scenario, especially like you said, because he's the face of the franchise. And I think, yeah. you know, not only that, but people forget, again, like you you're all were saying, that the human element. And if you watch um. Oh, like Seabass turned me on to watching this guy's YouTube and he's got TikTok and everything. But uh, and I'm probably going to slaughter his name because I can't pronounce anything. But it's a Casimir Kaskasawa, Kaskasawa, yeah, um, yeah, who I think right now he's playing for Lexans, right? Yeah. In the SHL. It's so fun to watch and you really get to see the life of a goalie and a guy yeah. who, you know, has made it up to the NHL and is now playing the SHL. And you look at even the scenarios of like. If, if people don't think that, oh, they're, they're making it and they are they're you know, a lot of these players make a ton of money. But at the end of the day, the human element, if you remember watching like Ryan Miller when he knew it was over and he's standing there with his parents like a kid just crying because, yeah, because it's over, like it's done. And I'm like, that puts such a human element into the fact that 
oh yeah, you know, he's he's got the whole life, and you know, yeah, he's, he's what from Buffalo to St. Louis to Vancouver to Anaheim, and then you know, it's over now. He's going to be collecting all this money. He's going to be able to have all these opportunities. But you know, from the moment he was a kid, all he loved was being in that blue paint, and yep. that dream was ending. I mean, yeah, that, that's what I that's what I was just about to say. I mean, for the for the listeners, I mean, when you play and your career gets cut short, either either it's injury or you know you just you, you just can't do it anymore. It, it's almost like you're like you almost think to yourself, what am I gonna do now? Like like yep. you know what I mean? Like like you've done it for it's like it would be like doing a job for let's just say you do a job for forty years and your company just just there's no more need for what you were doing. You're like, what am I going to do yep. now? That That's pretty much what it is. Uh, just because you're literally night in, night out, day in, day out. That's all you're doing. That's all you're, you know, you're hockey, right? You're traveling with the team. You're working out with the team. You're on the ice with the team. And then all of a sudden you go to pretty much being, for all intents and purposes, isolated away from that team that you were always with and always friends with. And then you're like, I, okay, it's family time. But then there's always that aspect of like, like it's like Tom Brady coming out of retirement again, where he just was like, I want to be with a group of guys and play. Like, yep. like, like I mean, and obviously he's had kind of a rough year this year, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean that's just that's just kind of the thing that it's just like that human aspect is insane when and when it comes to light, and then you see fans tearing on him because it's coming to light. It's like, dude, stop. Yeah. Yeah, I think we we sometimes put people who, whether they're athletes or any any real famous actor or anything, um, up on that. Well, they're they've got you know they do have a lot, but they don't have everything, and they've got a lot, but you forget the fact that at the end of the day, they are a straight up human being that has all the everyone dies, everyone goes through illness, sickness, injury, loss, heartache. And I think some people forget that stuff. And, you know, these athletes and everyone else goes through that stuff. And leaving the net, especially for a goalie, and I'm sure like this, that you, you pick pick a sport, pick pick a stopping point. I even remember watching somebody's video because Steve's mentioning how his daughters play football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, depending where you are in the world. Um, I'm in Europe now, so I just slipped up and said football. But People who's like, I saw this video of a girl who, they, you know, it was a goal scored on her team, right? And she says, this video wasn't necessarily my team now being eliminated. Now we're, we're done. The playoffs are over. I dropped to the field because I realized it was all over. Like, my entire life, I had played soccer and, and you know, now I played high school soccer. And now I was in college soccer playing at the highest level I could play at. And when that goal went in on my on the goalie, that was it. Yeah. I, I didn't have it in my life anymore. I just lost one of my best friends. The thing that made all my friends, my connections, my life, everything I focused on was now done. It was gone. Where was I going to play competitive soccer anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us leaving the blue paint, like I know you went through it, Steve, and all the schoolies go through it when you know you just, you just don't have it anymore. And you're like yeah. – do I yeah. want to give it up? And for me, I still don't call myself an ex-goalie. Like even in the gym today, I'm doing goalie exercises and I find the back room because goalie exercises are probably some of the weirdest things you can do. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
I still always feel like, despite the injuries and age and wear and tear, even if it's like the worst team in a beer league, I'd rather be on the worst team in a beer league than not on the ice at all. Like, yeah, that's that's where home is. Mm-hmm. It's the home Stepping away from home. Stepping into the blue paint with no fans in the crowd, like nobody's there. You're you're solo there with a bunch of other guys. You all just down to you know Bud Light because that's the easiest thing to bring to an arena, and or I guess they're in Canada, some Molson, but uh, and then. Everyone steps onto the ice. It's a friendly. You get out there. You're just. I remember always scraping up on that blue paint. I'm like, ah, I'm home. Mm-hmm. That's the best place in the world. Oh yeah. For, yeah. For me, the uh, the only thing I'd say that I would change as a goalie, because remember, I don't know. You guys probably got roped into this. Uh, you know, everybody finding out you're a goalie and then getting extra ice time, right? And yeah. for me, the only thing that I would change is I wouldn't have played a lot of shinny. Because zero defense, and then you get into bad habits. I just remember that. I think I still go reflect back on it going, yeah, I just should have kept saying no. Like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this. Because, you know, I had these guys coming in like, you know, you guys know what it is. During a game or a practice that you're ramping up to go play for a tournament or a big game, you'll take a puck to the head without a problem. You'll take a puck to the groin without a problem, right? Yeah. And a friendly pickup game, and you got that idiot coming in for a slap shot at the hash marks? No. Oh, God, every time. Yeah, I would just step aside and let them score. And the guy would look at me like yep. wimp. I'm like, dude, I've got like I'm here for fun. <laughs> and right now, me taking a puck to my melon because, you know, you feel the need to rip your hardest shot two feet in front of me with no defense, which is never oh, going to happen I in a game. It. Oh, yeah, that's like, the worst. Yeah. And it's trying to explain that to those type of players, right? Like, look, in a game, I took a puck everywhere. And then afterwards, I felt it, right? You'd feel it during a game of, right? You know what I mean? But the adrenaline going, you shuck it on off and you stayed in there, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was my only thing. But yeah, going back to Chris's point, when injury just takes you out, my knees couldn't handle it anymore. Like, I just couldn't do it. And I'm still, like, the equipment was just getting better. So to say how old I was when I started, it was the classic. Oh, it's so bounce. light now. It's amazing. Oh, it was classic brown setup, right? And uh, the chest protector, man, it was like a it was like a, a baseball one back then with all the yeah. spaces in the middle. Like you would take a shot and it didn't hit the plastic, it hurt like a bastard. Oh, yeah. it hurt like a bastard. The gloves were terrible. <laughs> and I remember, you know, the glove evolution started happening. Like the gloves got bigger. Okay, awesome. Uh-huh. And then I bought one. And you know, expensive goalie equipment is. I bought one. The next thing you know, a bigger one came out with a bigger cheater on it. Right now, like I just got one without a cheater. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's now called a cheater. I was like, get the f- out of here. <laughs> like I just bought a model like three months ago, and the gloves are already improved and they got bigger. Right? They, you know, they got more padded and everything else happened. And then by the time I stopped playing, that's when the lighter pads started coming out. And then plus, you know, they were catering towards goalies, goalie styles. Right? Like now we can make your the tension on your pad harder, so you can kick a puck out further, or we can soften it so it drops more in front of you. And I'm like. Okay, yeah. hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, let's back this on up it's a bit, incredible. right? You yeah, know, so if that's... anything I could do would be, I would love to be in today's setup just once, just to feel the difference. Oh, just it's, so... it's it's big. I mean, I mean, I've I've uh, I'm I personally like a little bit of a heavier pad. I know I sound weird saying that, um, but I do. I personally just kind of like that because I'm I am I'm I'm kind of strong. Uh, you know, lower body wise. So I, the, the lighter the pad is, the more I feel like I'm just flying around. 
um, you know, but I, that's why I love Vaughn. I'm a big Vaughn guy. I wear all Vaughn stuff because it's all handmade. They take time. Like if you, like if you get a custom done and you say, Hey, I want these specs. They're like, no problem. We'll get them done for you. Like, Hey, I have this issue with my knee. I need this strap to be slightly longer by about an inch. Okay. We'll do that for you. So, I mean, it's like, and they're, they just, everything's handmade, like Bauer and all those, they're all like factory made. Even if you get custom, it's just like, it's insane to see the difference in quality from a handmade to like a factory made where it's all just going through an assembly line, even if, it, even if it is custom. So yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely worth the try there. The, the new hey. stuff, it's way lighter. So boys, we never Vaughn, answer this question. We will take that sponsorship money. <laughs> hey, so up. we never answer the question. We love talking goalie stuff. We, we were talking, so we, you never, we never got back to it. So you said Ben Bishop. And again, like I wasn't knocking Bishop's, talent right oh yeah like he's a big bigger frame goalie like i knew he was a good athlete too on top of it right but mm-hmm. so you said you'd like to see bishop come back who 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 are you thinking on your end there chris um i thought i said i thought i said um yeah my apologies yeah. i never yeah, spit my yeah. we, we quickly pivoted from but that's what led to this part of the conversation yeah, so for yeah, sorry, me, I was uh, I was chugging, I, not chugging, because that would be horrific. But I was uh, literally sipping on some Akavit when you asked that, so I just burned my throat trying to respond to you. But go ahead. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> for me, like selfishly right now, it would 100% be for price, because like, man, like you can imagine just being right there. You know, yeah. the first time he gets, you know, he gets eliminated due to injury. And then the second time he's in the cup finals, like, you know, he obviously they never said what his substance abuse issue was. But I guarantee you pain meds had to be on there. It, it was. had to have been on there, you know, because of everything he was dealing with with his knee. Right. And I think you know, that came out, actually, that it was pain meds. Yeah, I don't doubt it. You know, I, 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 yeah, I was assuming it would have been a combination of alcohol and pain meds cause just trying to numb the pain. Right. So. Yeah. You know, for you know, for me with that, I would love to see that. But again, going back to records, like for me, it's a toss-up between Orr and uh, you know Mike Bossy, because Bossy was just ripping that, you know, ripping it to shreds. Or even like remove that hit from Wayne Gretzky where he took it from Samuelson in the Olympics up against the boards. Yeah. Right. That that was a downfall of Gretzky right there. That hit had you know took a lot out of his game. So it's just things like that where pivotal players, right, guys that you know you. You just want to see go on and continue because you just love their games when they get they get dropped, right? Um, and sometimes it's those rookies that you're really looking forward to. Like uh, I remember when Galchenyuk was breaking in for the Habs, he had that surgery on his knee in junior, and then it just nagged him his whole career. And you had all this hope and potential for a guy coming on through to be the next big thing. And then I just remember like his before his last injury that really set him back. He was having a great year for the Habs. He was on pace. Oh, he was. For, 30 to 40 goals and then his knee went out again and yeah. those are the things you look at going like god can this guy not catch a break right and uh even like jacob chicken right now for the coyotes like guy looks like he could have been one of the top tier defensemen in the league but three injuries now like two knee and one wrist right part of me part of me thinks he part of me thinks he's maybe doing that to try and get out of there for less for less than what because the coyotes want like what three oh, they want picks for him they want too much for him. Like, yeah, I mean, that, part of me thinks he's trying to make his trade value less so that people are like, yeah, no, we're not going to give you that. And so he's just like, okay, I'm going to go for a 
second rounder now and go to a team and then all of a sudden we're going to hear that none of those injuries actually happened um like i mean well, the, I'm new, sure the new did. one was legit like the first one was legit because he was overtraining it right the wrist thing yeah. you know he did have surgery on his wrist like i wouldn't doubt that he you know if they had a bigger bit better push but what's interesting right now is they're not playing bad hockey no and if you look if you look at all the talent coming on up like, i understand people not wanting to go through rebuilds right but if you sit down and look and say i can play for another four years i'm like in four years if he's on that team they're gonna have a heck of a hockey team it's coming down the pipeline yeah it's not at this point just being patient because like look their gm now knows what the hell he's doing like he just knows right and like mm-hmm. even coming in like you're talking about uh when they're drafting now it's targeted they they want a coolie they it didn't matter who was coming up first they were taking coolie like, they have their vision for that team Right. Yep. So they have everything worked out about who they want, how they want it to go. And they're just smiling right now, you know, taking all these bad contracts on and racking up draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> OK, they're going to be bad. They, they'll probably be OK next season. Like they're starting to get some grit to their game and gelling together. But, man, when you start adding that talent in they right now, they've got a, a pretty good goaltender. They got that. Keller's finding his game. So you got your playmaker there. They've got a few good young defensive pieces. Right. Um, I oh, have yeah. lucked out on the waiver wire. Who the one that they picked up the defenseman off of the uh, Flames? A great waiver wire pickup, right? They're going to be able to scoop up pieces. And now, when you have so much cap space, you know they can bring all these young guys in and then go get the talented players to offset the team and then make an instant impact. Now, it's very rare that you ever see a team gel together so much, right? So my biggest thing you know during the trade deadline is you see all these big moves happen but man it takes a while for a player to fit in with a team in their system so sometimes it just doesn't work out right like you need that player to stick around for one more season type of thing um one of the only ones i saw a better impact happen later in the playoffs is when the uh blackhawks picked off antoine vermet yeah you know it took him a little bit to find his group but then he scored some pivoted pivotal goals for them to get the cup right like he 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 was an effective trade but, uh, you know, we could probably go down a list because maybe we'll make that another episode. The trades that just never worked out. Remember Vanek for the Habs? I lost my mind. I oh, like, oh we got worked. Vanek. We got Vanek. And it just never worked. It just didn't click. But I was so pumped. I thought, like, oh, here's our push over the edge to get it, right? So, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, boys. This has been a long chat. <laughs> no, it's all good. It sure has. Oh, before you, before you do wrap up, did you get a chance to see his video, Steve? No, like I kept trying to take a look at, you know, an Instagram. Is it not and there? Nothing. What's that? Is it not there in your messages? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Instagram. I, I kept think it'd looking. be in the requested because you haven't followed me back. Oh, yet. yeah. 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 Sorry, well, boys. The, one, the one thing I'm not great about is Instagram. Following favorites. Okay, let me go back. I do, I do a lot more. I was old doing Facebook. Hey, by the way, for the listeners out there, like I think I mentioned it in the, the, the main episode, but uh, we did start a TikTok. So uh, I've watched it for years now at this point, but uh, finally dropped our first one the other day. And uh, I don't know. We're trying to figure out how we're going to use it. I don't know if it's just going to be highlights, which extends kind of what we do on Twitter and Instagram or some uh, fun commentary. So... Sounds like somebody found something. No, I was clicking through TikTok, like not TikTok, dude, Instagram here. Like, where the hell do I even find this on the app? Like, we're trying to messages. Pull it, on up. it looks like an, it looks like a paper airplane. I don't even have that on my phone, dude. Wait, you it's, it's, you're looking it's, on your phone. It's top right. It's uh, it looks like the little messenger app, and you click it, 
and then there should be like primary general requests, and then I'd be in your requests. Yeah, Dude, you gotta click like the sh- home button, and then up at the top right corner. Yeah, so I'm not. Gotta click the home button first. I'm clicking the home button. I'm not even kidding you guys. Like up top, all I see is your story. All these people were, you know, all these people that yeah, are. Yeah, because you're family. still on your profile. You okay, gotta so click the house on the left, bottom left. Yeah, I did. All right, and up top, do you, do you are see you the just search? See, like I get. Do you Pringles see the search bar? Damn, they sponsor. Yeah, um, I, the search bar on my iPhone's down on the bottom. I see that. Okay, so so hit that and then it's just type in, concept. just do that and then hit my name. <laughs> uh, put in Goldiewood32. Goldiewood32. You'd see how often I use Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm this actually awesome on it, but I don't auto. There we go. Follow back. Yeah. Okay. And and then go to message through Very that. on message. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Teaching old guys Instagram. Here we go. Roundabout ways. Roundabout (laughs) ways of finding it. Well, it's kind of funny because usually this stuff's pretty self-explanatory, right? And this one just was not. Here we go. Insta was bought by Meta. What can you do? Oh, nice save there, bud. Nice save. Now that puck's back in the corner. Cycling back through. Man, they're keeping that puck in on you guys a lot here. 19 seconds. What are we talking about? Jeez. That's like the, that's crazy how much that puck was down there for you. So right off the face off, jump. Oh man, that guy jumped in quick on you. Nice quick little save there, hugging that post tight, sealing it off down low. Pucks back up in the middle. You make the next save again. It's crazy. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty crazy scramble there. That was that was like. All right, we're gonna we're gonna lock it down here with 19 seconds left. I was like, because that they brought it into the zone and they did a forced offside or something like that, so it brought it back to the middle. I don't know why it was in the middle and not all the way down or something mm-hmm. um, originally. And I was like, okay, so this is weird where they're putting this placement. I was like, okay, so you're gonna get a shot here. I was like, I, that's just what's gonna happen because somehow the puck's gonna get in your end. You're gonna get a shot. I wasn't expecting two or three. Um, yeah. With 19 seconds left in the zone, but hey, you know, I had, I had to bail the boys out there, and I'll take it. You know, they bail me out quite a bit, so I'll I'll take that too. So had to yeah, had to no, return nice, the favor. Nice, nice focus, man. Like really nice. Like that's the hardest thing in that time, right? Is I'm trying to teach mm-hmm. my daughter that is like in the critical time, you know, in the game, you just settle the nerves down, get yourself yep. back refocused. You can't be thinking about I need to make this save, or we're gonna lose. Like oh, you've no. got to like all that mentality has got to go out. You got to just got to say, I've got this puck. Keep where, you know, in her case, like, I, you know, I'm going to make a play on the ball. I got this, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, for her, she's like a defensive player. Is that the goal your wife uh, post on Facebook? Oh, that, well, no, that one was our very first one. And it was, it was great, man. Okay. Like, so she had been, she's really good at passing. Like, she's really good. And like, there's sometimes like, I'll be watching her hold the ball and I'm like, what's she doing? Like, there's somebody wide open. You know, on another side of the field, and boom, she threads this needle and springing somebody. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I'm going to shut up and let her play her game. And I do a lot of that now. Like, hey, you know, I'm not going to coach you on those things. Like, you're seeing the field way differently than I see it. You know, kudos to you. But, like, so what she what she did earlier in the season, Chris, is she got the puck or the puck. She got the ball at the top of the box, and she was walking in, and she had a shot. And her the person with the best kick on her team was right beside her, and she tapped the ball over for her to shoot, and then the shot never got off. And I just said, no, kiddo, like you've got a pretty good leg cannon on you, rip it. You 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 see it, rip it. 
you know, and you had enough players surrounding the goalie there that if the goalie doesn't make the save, they're going to tap in an easy rebound. So that game right there, their team had not, they had a terrible first half. Then they came on a little bit stronger. We got, we got there. They got a goal, my, my daughter's team, and it wasn't a goal. There was no, uh, this, you know, it was hard to see, but the goalie had dropped the ball right on the line, but it never crossed. And it happened like a couple of times. Like it was a weird sequence, but the ref called it a goal. So you never want to win on that, right? So Mm -hmm. the next goal was my daughter. Like she just read the play, picked off a pass and stepped in. Now I wanted her shooting it sooner, but she read read it properly and timed it perfectly to let the shot go. Now just this weekend, again, this tournament, she had it again where she was at the top of the box and snuck in and like she should have just shot. And then she looked to feed it through to somebody. And again, and the shot never came off. You know, I'm just trying to tell her, like, hey, you are a great passer, you know. So, like, uh, you know, like, it's the equivalent of, like, somebody like Nick Suzuki or Dreisaitl at times, right? You know, knowing that mm-hmm. they're so good at passing when they've got the open shot. Now, rip the damn shot. Like, you've got it. Don't dish it off when you're in a prime spot, right? And that's what I just had to tell her, like, again, step through it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting here. The thing I'll tell you is, you know, Heath, if you get older and you have kids, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a rabid hockey fan, but I would rather go watch my daughters play soccer right now than, you know, go to a hockey game, you know, a live oh, hockey yeah. game. Because, you know, it's hard to understand when you're a kids why your parents get so into it. But, you know, you're always looking at your parents like, OK, well, you know, you're grateful to have your support, but you're like, why are they going so nuts? Right. You know, oh, why, yeah. like, why is my dad more revved up about, you know, that guy getting shoved on top of me than I am, right? <laughs> you know, and then yeah. <laughs> on the flip side of stuff, now that now I'm not that dad, I'm like, yeah, but that's my baby. You know, that's my baby out there. Like, look at her go, like, you know, and yep. getting all revved up. Like, I did the Van Halen, like, karate kick in the air when she scored that goal. Like, I was up on my feet, you know, so pumped up for her, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a whole other feeling when you're doing, you know, you're playing that way. But it's also funny explaining, you know, as a fan of a team, right, when you're right into it and people are like, how are you so into this? You're like, it just becomes part of your identity, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's you 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 you, you love the like even for me, I love the sport. Like I'm watching you guys make, you know, good saves. Like I fucking love it. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. I like yeah. to watch. I'm going to second else. that by saying like. No kidding. Sorry to interrupt you here, but like yeah. I think I even posted on Twitter today because like you get super invested. Like I've been watching every game in the West this year in the USPHL. So every mountain, every Pacific, every Northwest game. And you start to become like really in tune with what a goalie is going to do or not do. And I don't know, like you get really behind some of the things they do. And I, I can't remember who I was watching this morning. But I literally was just like, no, he fucking didn't. And my wife came out of the room. She's like, you've got to stop that. No more. <laughs> stop shouting at the TV over junior hockey. I'm like, uh, and I, I couldn't say anything. And she just walked back into the room because she's, you know, doing her thesis for her master's. And here's me yelling at the TV. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But, dude, but, you got to hear me when the Habs, so, you know, with COVID going on. Our family's all in Canada. Like, talk about feeling isolated, right? So, you know, when I see, I'm going to try to see my Habs on Monday when they're back in town. And my first word out of my mouth is going to be, like, boys, like, you you did something for me and the rest of the fans. Like, I can't thank you enough for it. Like, you took me out of the deepest, darkest areas I've ever been in. Yeah. And you gave me Mm -hmm. life. Like, Like, when they would score a goal, 
like I was in my office, like I got away from my family because this was big shit. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so by the way, when I when uh, when uh, what was his name off of the Jets laid that dirty hit on uh, uh, Evans. Exactly. Oh, like that, exactly. Yeah. Oh, talk about Bush League and trying to defend it. Like, shut up, Shifley. Shut up. Like, I got the oh, journey. No, moment. Was, just like, just own it. it. And just own it. Like, just be like, hey, I got caught up in the moment. I'm so sorry. But then trying to defend it like he was the victim. I'm like, dude, that was Bush League. As Bush League mm-hmm. as Bush League gets, right? You were pissed off that we were owning yeah. you. We we own them. And that's serious. He like, played he was, angry that whole game, though. That wasn't the first incident that game. No, no. Like, like, he wasn't playing his normal game. Oh, no, he, he was, was just out pissed. But and I get it. Like, you know, things aren't going your way. Like we weren't expected to do much. And I'm sorry, you got Carey Price in your net. Like there's OK, there's certain goalies. You got Price in that. You had uh, you had vintage Lundquist in that. You know, you had Patrick oh, Waugh locked oh God, in. Yeah. You had Hasek when Hasek was on top of his game. You're not yeah. beating them. You're not going to beat them. It's going to take a freaking miracle. Right. To beat yeah. those guys. Right. So Price was dialed the hell on in and just doing carry Price things, right? So when you, you got somebody like that back there, man, they're going to do stuff for you. And that was my whole attitude. Like, hey, we qualified. That's all we need. Now let the boys do the thing. And just so you, you know, Heath, I'm married to a Leafs fan, dude. Oh, and no. We went away on a trip. Yeah. And we were together when yeah. it was 3-1. And when we left that trip, we beat them. So talk about an awkward moment for me away in the cabin with my wife watching Game 7. As soon as we oh. beat them on game, when, when we made it three to two, I looked at my wife. I'm like, we got you. We've got you. And she looked at me. She said, we'll see. And then she's not cocky about it. But I'm like, I just got it. Like, we've got you now. We're, we're going to win this. And yeah. as soon as it was three, three, my wife said, oh, geez. I'm like, you know, we, we've got you. We've got yeah. you exactly where we want want to put you. And it's then the stars. Curse. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, it's but there's just teams that were built for for playoff runs at times, right? And so the one thing I'll say about the Leafs, one of the most talented rosters. But what's going to happen, you know, and this is not me, you know, saying because it's the Leafs, they do get favorable calls, but it happens during the regular season. It doesn't happen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The next thing is that playoff grind you down hockey. Yeah. A lot of their players aren't built for it, and that's what that's what hurts them. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning, as much as I hate that team right now. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate their talent. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, uh, but they're built for playoff hockey. They grind you to yeah. a halt, and then they can their counter punches are just unbelievable. Like, oh, yeah. points out of his mind. Stamkos is out of his mind. Kucherov, temper tantrum. Kucherov is out of his mind. He's a talented player. Yeah. And then you got Vasilevsky back there. Like, there's another guy. You got him in your net. You've always got hope. Like, you've always got hope. Right. So they're just built so well. So that's the Leafs downfall. Right. But, uh, you know, that playoffs, like as soon as we got out of that one and we took on the Jets, like that was the big one for me. And they'd score a goal like you could hear me blocks away. I guarantee it. And then mm-hmm. when we beat the Golden Knights, like that was the series that had me the most nervous. They, they The Knights had me more nervous than the Tampa Bay Lightning did. Yeah. And when we beat the Knights, dude, like tears green got down my face and i just looked like that angry passionate like holy boys we did it you know i did not expect us to go that far and talk about a highlight right just you know i still go back to i still watch that i'll go back and i'll watch the clips going over and i'll watch when that they they lost to tampa bay tampa bay was just a better team Mm-hmm. Uh, you know at that time 18 million over the cap does kind of sting a bit but that's a it whole it does 
that's a whole other like so i watched like so you guys realize right like i watched the the blackhawks do that right and the blackhawks finally got called out for it right they did it two two times because when kane sat out and all of a sudden he was magically recovered for game one i'm like come on guys and i remember the chicago blackhawks were the one that proposed to the league getting rid of that right and i don't have a problem with because i think it would be total garbage that you know, one of your star players gets dropped and then your whole season's a write-off. Like, I get it. Like, yeah, you know, you should be able to use IR. But then what I think that needs to happen is that when you ice the team in the playoffs, you still have to be within the cap. Like, you can have, budget-wise, you can be over, but your team should still be within the cap for the playoffs on the ice at all times. Yeah, just 100%. Keep it fair, right? And, you know, could, could the Habs have used 18 million more in players? Oh, hell yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been bad to pick up a defenseman, a big, rugged defenseman to give, uh, you know, to give Weber a bit of a break, right? Like, to ease stuff off of him a bit. It would have been beautiful to have one more, you know, power forward or scorer up there, you know? But it is what it is now, right? But, it, man, they just talk about taking me out of the depths. And the cool thing, Heath, is the, what the Habs organization did is – since you couldn't have fans in the building, you got to get a jersey. You could buy a jersey, and they would line up the the boards with the you know the jerseys right around the mm-hmm. uh, where people couldn't sit. Yeah. So uh, lucky enough, a guy named Ivan Irwin played for the Montreal Canadiens for a brief period of time, so I can get my name on the back of a jersey without looking like a total idiot, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he actually wore number four, which was Balavo's number. So I still catch some hell from people that don't know the hockey history on it but so i got Irwin number four throwing you know thrown on my jersey and i could see it in the audience right so mm-hmm. first couple of games they were up higher and then they put them down by the glass so when i meet the habs what i want to do is the guys that were on the team is get them to autograph that jersey for me and just tell them like you know i know the first thing they're gonna say is like that's not me and i'm like uh hold on boys remember those jerseys that were around the boards that was one of them that sat there with you guys for your run so, you know, guys usually get a kick out of stuff like that, right? So, yeah. And that's the thing that, like, you know, I have it up in my memorabilia room. Like, I've got a ridiculous Habs room in my office. It's uh, half hockey, half uh, <laughs> pop culture stuff. But, you know, one of my, like, some sometimes now when I collect, like, uh, you know, Mike Smith was born in Kingston or lived in Kingston, Ontario, and he was a big fan of the Tragically Hip. So I got him to, you know, when he won uh, won gold at the World Championships, got him to write a tragically hip line. And I was part of the autograph and talking to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it for me, talking to some of these guys, you know, has been really cool. Like it's more the story behind the autograph and talking like Carrie Price getting on his knee to talk to my daughter. Yeah. Like just, you know, something I'll never forget. Right. Like. You know, he was he was just awesome. Some players I met, like I talked to that I thought were just dumb goons, you know, ahead of time, you know, beforehand and meet them. They're just great guys. Right. Yeah. The disappointing part is when you think somebody's a really good guy and they're just kind of a D bag. Uh, yep. Happens. Yeah, it happens. And then I also give it the thing, too, because you know how it goes. If you're having an off day, you don't want to talk to anybody. Right. Especially yeah. somebody they think is a grown man that's acting like a child wanting an autograph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I get that, too. But, yeah, I couldn't. And that's the beauty of the game, right, is, you know, it can it can make you pissed off for a whole day, you know, a whole week, depending on it, month, you know, especially if you lost in a critical game. Right. In this in the playoffs, mm-hmm. man, it can elevate you. You know, I, I love roller coaster games, you know, like and, you know, where you know, you're winning, you're losing, you're winning, they're battling back. Like right now, I'm one of my favorite. Like I'm loving watching my Habs play this season because they're just never out of a game this year. There's no quit. 
it's very rare that they lay a, a total deuce on the ice. And I like St. Louis style right now. It's like, no, I'm not calling a timeout yet. You guys are going to figure this out. Figure it out. You guys got to yeah. grow. You got you to gotta learn to do that, you know, without, you know, a coach stepping on in. I, I, lo- I love his attitude. And like you're seeing that a lot in hockey now, right, where the coaching is changing a bit, right? You yeah. know, and uh, the style of play. Like, I, again, I can't, you know, think of an era of hockey where you've seen so many unbelievable goals, right, and unbelievable saves. It gets such a cool time, in my opinion, to be a hockey fan because we're treated to a lot. And, Chris, it oh, just yeah. popped up. I just watched one of your saves of the week come up, Chris, and I just went, ha. Oh, which one? God, there was one where the guy was it's on the Twitter breakaway. Twitter or Instagram? On Instagram. Fake right, went left. Tandy threw down the pad. Oh, yeah, bro. Brody Hachau. Brody Hachau. I'm, I'm kid, if you, if you hear this, I'm sorry. I don't. I think it's Hachau. Brody Hachau on the Rock Springs Prospectors. Yeah, it was against Rogue Valley. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I set timers on stuff. So I had to keep up on, on stuff. But, yeah, I think that's a, that was a wild save from Brody. Like, yeah, uh-huh. nice, nice, nice little push. But, yeah, yeah, that, yeah was, that was, was like, a 1-1 game. Not that drop yeah, like an hour. Yeah. Well, no, I just popped up because, you know, how the feeds go, right? Like, it'll just pop, it popped up after yeah. I finally. You don't see the stuff you want, up. but you see a bunch of random <laughs> stuff. Like, I kept I had to unfollow all these teams because I only saw, like, four or five teams post. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop seeing these teams. I want to see – like, I like with, with Instagram, Twitter, and stuff is I like – and I think that's where Instagram has killed itself with its little attempted algorithm with all this advertising is you don't get to see anybody's post you want to see. You get to see yeah. what they want you to see. And I hate it because um, I want to see like if I follow a player like Goldie here or a team, I want to see their posts. I don't want to see the same three teams posts from four months ago. I'm like, why? Am, oh, why am I, I, seeing- oh, I hate that. I hate it. I'm like, why am I seeing this post from, oh, 926? I'm like, why the fuck am I getting this now? It's December. Why why am I watching this post from September 26th when I could be seeing, you know, an update from somebody? St- uh, that's, this is why Instagram is killing itself. So Insta, if you're listening, or Meta, Fix or whoever. It. Like, they're killing themselves on this, trying to compete. Like, this is like, the, nobody's on Facebook anymore. Nobody, nobody asked for that this either. This is like the... Yeah, nobody asked for this. Like, you guys aren't going to compete with TikTok. Um, just go back to what makes Instagram successful, which is pictures of people's food and staying in contact <laughs> with, with people you know, you know? <laughs> like, I miss seeing everybody's food and people I know. And then, like, magically years ago, suddenly it became – I'm seeing the same five or six posts all the time. Over in and between over posts. and over again. And, yeah, yeah. If you seem yeah. like you like hockey jerseys and you buy a lot of hockey jerseys, buy these hockey jerseys. You like Pringles. I'm like, how do you guys know I like Pringles? I never search Pringles. Stop that. You know? Yeah, no, no. Like you look it up one time on uh, like maybe you look yeah. up something on the Internet. Like, you know, like I, I think I looked up Target the other day and then all of a sudden I got Target ads and I'm like, oh, my <laughs> I'm getting like I'm like scrolling through through Instagram and I got like a like a baby stroller from Target and then I was like why why they're, they're, why like I was looking yeah. at Xbox stuff from Target not not baby strollers <laughs> like like it doesn't even make sense. Is there something either. we need to know? Is there something the coaching staff? No, oh no, <laughs> trust me, there's nothing need to know there. Oh yeah, but no, I I get what you're saying there. Hey, so this is going to be the world's longest. After hours podcast. 
Oh, I'm oh, just yeah. going to call it the two-hour tour. Like, boys, we got to decide because we're rolling up on hour 158, and I don't think there's anything I have to delete from this episode, if I'm correct. No, uh, because it is an unedited... Yeah, we, we yeah, didn't the, say the anything thing, that... The only thing that I did stupid, like, so I guess I forgot your response about your player, right? Because, you know, we got away from it, you know, because, uh, man, we did, we did loops and leaps and bounds. Oh, I don't mean that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the only things I cut out are things where... Like, usually I remember, but this has been a two-hour uh, tour, but, well, like, after our regular episode, um, uh, is, if there's anything that comes up, like, again, coaches and players we've had on before where they say something like, you're not going to want that out there, whether it's a system oh, yeah. thing or, like, oh, this is my weakness, so, yeah, if, this, if a player does this on the ice, it really shakes me. Well, you don't want that. <laughs> you no. don't want your opponents that, so I'm going to cut it out whether or not you want it in there. So... Uh, I don't think we said anything like that on this episode, so I might just. You guys think this should be a quick drop, like immediately today, or just save it for next week? I drop it, drop I'd it, because there's it. a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff that we're going over, and yeah. the thing that I love about it is when you get people that just love the game, it's so easy when it flows out, right? So, oh, yeah. Well, this is know, the it, stuff that we yeah this yeah this is the stuff yeah. we all talk about. Like if we just have a podcast where all we did was jump on here. Like, that's what the bonus episodes are great, because we can just, there's no agenda, there's, and like I said, anytime, you know, Heath comes on, or anybody we've had in the past comes on to an episode, after we've had him, I think we had an episode with the EOJHL commissioner once, where all we did, after, like, his initial episode, all we did was talk about breakfast. That was it for the whole episode, we just talked about, yeah, our favorite breakfasts, and I don't know what else we talked about, but it didn't matter, because it was after the initial episode. Yeah. Um, and this, that's all we can. And, and people well, like it. People like the. So, uh, so you like, guys run a fantasy league, you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have the USPHL fantasy league. Actually, you're on somebody's team. I think you might be on Sebastian's team. Hold up. Am I really? Uh, yes, you're on Sebastian's team. You're on the Canadian Cobra Chickens. Um, <laughs> that's good so, to know. Do you know what a Cobra Chicken is? No, I do not know what a Cobra Chicken is. I might have to look that one up. Or Steve could tell you what it is. I don't know what a cobra chicken is. I have no idea. You call yourself a Canadian? Yeah, I'm a Canadian. Right. I have Canadian no idea cobra what... chicken. It's what you ever seen a swan get angry? Yeah. Yeah. We're not a swan. What you guys got? A geese, right? A goose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Canada angry? goose. Oh, so you're talking about yeah, an angry goose? Basically, you know when uh, they get angry and they do that whole like, you know, I don't know. That yeah, yeah. I'm doing the crap they do and their neck snapping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, there's yes, so that's a cobra chicken. They're just angry little pricks is all they cobra are. Cobra chicken. All right. So I'm on yeah. I'm on a, a, the Cobra chickens. That's uh that's Yeah, be... your teammates are Alexander Timmons off the Pueblo Bulls. That's your fellow goalie. You got Emily Rodriguez and Nathan Malott off of Bakersfield and Rogue Valley. Then um, Philip Molnar off the uh, Oilers. George Goodwin off Idaho. Samuel Dumont or Dumont. Samuel Dumont off of Las Vegas. Alric Martel oh. off of San Diego. Uh, Derek Eaton off of Seattle and Ethan McKibben off of the Junior Reign. Those are your fellow teammates on the Cobra Chickens. What's our uh, What's our record right now? Uh, right now, you guys are fifth out of six. Oof. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you, uh, well, the... it seems like every single time uh, Sebastian picks up a player, they get injured. <laughs> so, oh, that's great to know. <laughs> you've been safe so far. No, you've been on the. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've been safe so far. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Remember, so, he initially he initially took you, so right now you're you're still safe. Uh, oh, I don't good. think he initially took. 
I don't really? think he did. He took Goldie. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We've made, like I said, the only reason you can release a player is if they miss three games in a row or they get promoted out of, like, they get promoted up or they get traded out of the league. That's the only ways you can release a player. Because, um, again, it's junior hockey. We like giving, you know, um, uh, all positive stuff. And so, yeah, it's like there's, I don't know, like it's it's fun because we've outside of Brennan Price, who is the Northern Colorado Eagles um, uh, play-by-play announcer, who is destroying all of us, um, all basically because he has Meraldo and uh, Miri, um, and yeah. also Walgren. Um, honestly, he's just uh, everybody he picks up just seems to work out you know i think we're like uh steve said on the last episode we might have to have a a, a brendan handicap next year where everyone else gets 100 points just so they can keep up um yeah because we've all been close all season and then there's brendan who i think we're all within 113 points of him now hopefully wow yeah the rest of us are all pretty tight you know and then i think i was i was doing pretty well i thought i had to lead early on but that's because my team's like you know because some of my guys played well, all of us second or six can almost flip every week we're all so close and then just yeah. there's brennan so like the race for right now is for second right now the chihuahua are in the lead which is ben's team the uh, chihuahua. these are, are yeah the silicon valley chihuahua he's like they're vicious out of sight of the purses in Cisco because he lives in san francisco um, mm. or outside that area in San Francisco. And he's like, yeah, the Chihuahua, man, inside of a purse can be extremely vicious. So he just had to go with the Silicon Valley Chihuahua. Um, and uh, you got Steve here with the Snoring Mountain Snakes. Uh, we got the Wasatch Ice Dogs. We got my team, the Orison Kraken. And then we got the Noco Locos, which we won't talk about anymore because they're embarrassing the rest of us. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he just – I don't know, like – if one player is just having an off week, another player just lights it up. Like he just always has a player that destroys it. Um, who's got who's got yeah, Compton? Fantasy, uh, I don't think any of us have Compton now. There's rules too. Like you can't just pick up any player you want. Um, you can only have one player per team. Because I've actually had players reach out like, "Oh, you should pick up this guy and this guy." I'm like, "I can't. I've already got you." Yeah. I can no. only have a player per team. Somebody's so got to pick up Tom. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those honestly, things we can is we can do it like like Chris said like we have to now wait you know we don't want to wait till somebody gets like hopefully a guy gets promoted more than injured right. Well, you got like Mashar yeah. right like you got Mashar yeah. you really wanted uh one like Gacker Mashar after we interviewed them uh, yeah. about a month and a half ago and I'm like you can't you have another player from Provo and then that player missed a bunch of games and so after he missed three games you're like okay I want Mikhail. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> It was immediate. You, know, you just have to wait. And, you know, uh, or if a player gets promoted, we've had players get promoted or choose to go to college and off they go. And you're like, OK, I have to find another player. Yeah, um, actually, somebody had uh, I won't say the player's name. Right now. We'll move on from that. But because you don't know the history of different players. So but yeah, I mean, there is it's fun. It's a uh, you can check it out. It's on uh, we're, we're also part of the hockey focus. Uh, so if you check out the hockey focus and stuff, you'll see the articles. And I really, I think they just kind of recycle some of our articles when we haven't written enough, <laughs> which is fair. Um, I haven't dropped an article in a few weeks, um, but I am going to be doing. And Steve, you'll, you're eventually when I can get around to it. I started with the Northwest because it was a small, so I moved down the mountain, and I'm going to finish with the Pacific for now. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to. I'm probably going to hit up other divisions in the USPHL, but we're doing a masked men edition. 
uh, heats. Mm. So we've had uh, we did the Northwest in the mountains so far, where I drop articles on each, you know, on each division. Hey Chris, goal I gotta take a phone call super quick. I'll be back in a minute, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll just keep talking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Goldie. So um, that's basically what we do. So we, we basically just talk about the goalie in just like one small paragraph per team. And okay. uh, the Pacific, like I was going to do the Pacific, but honestly, we've gotten so many requests um, for interviews that I was, you know, I drop episodes because I'm like, OK, we usually have a request for an interview every month or two. Um, mm-hmm. And in the last two months, we just I have interviews booked out through January right now. Um, wow. A lot of people. Pod, yeah. A lot of people went on the podcast. I think us shifting to Instagram with the videos versus Twitter, uh, we blew up like incredible right there and then like i said so we'll we'll figure where tiktok goes with that um i i love watching tiktok but and honestly making them is pretty easy so yeah um, i mean i mean definitely put like the podcast on there like at least the beginning of them or or something and or maybe like your favorite things that you think could be like because something that goes big on tiktok is like like sounds so like if there's something funny that somebody says you think that would yeah that would be used i mean put that on there i mean i would you know, and be like, you can view the full podcast link in bio kind of thing. I think you have to have a thousand followers yeah. for link in bio, but, you know, you could always, yeah. you know, have your Instagram in bio and then change your link and whatever. But I yeah, know that would be, that'd be pretty sick if you guys got the TikTok up and rolling and got a huge following there. Yeah. And we do because we have a, a guest coming on next week who covers the Midwest, um, the Midwest West division. And let me pull up his uh give him a shout out before we have him on here because he's our next interview uh since uh, uh your fellow teammate there nate and uh, you know schedules have to be scheduled so we have to try to figure out times that work for everybody and we've we've literally had guests where we for three months we're trying to find a time we finally get him on um uh but uh you know it happens uh but nate like we won't have him on immediately so we have the what is it everything junior hockey i think it is everything yeah everything junior hockey won on mm. Insta, but I'm pretty sure it's TikTok is the same thing. Uh, but it covers a lot of things uh, and topics about junior hockey, especially parents and players might want to listen into because we've definitely gone back and forth to that because junior hockey world can be interesting. Um, yeah. And to say the least. doing your research to make sure. You, yeah. So uh, doing your research is incredible. So the amount of players and and parents that reach out to us and he he gets the same stuff on you know on a weekly basis is incredible and i always tell people um like i'm not a hockey advisor i don't have an agenda i don't make money off of any of this uh we do it because we're passionate about it we've turned down a ton of we've turned down a ton of people who wanted on the podcast they're like hey i've got this great thing that parents and players are going to want to purchase and i'm like no dude i'm good um we we don't we don't take the free money from any of these sponsors to date. We still haven't gotten a sponsor I agree with. Uh, we've gotten yeah. a bunch of sponsorship offers, but um, if I don't believe in your energy drink, I'm not going to sell it to anybody. So yeah, I don't right. need sponsorship money, so I can just keep this thing legit. And if I take on a sponsor, you know that I've really done my research. Like there's some companies out there I'd love to give a shout out to because uh, I think they're doing super cool stuff, but. Um, you know, I always, I got to always give hockey TV props because hockey TV, um, like I said, they gave us official permission to use their videos and stuff. Cause people don't know they, everything's copyrighted. So, mm-hmm. 
Hockey TV reached out to us after I reached out to them because uh, they initially kind of declined my 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 request. And then somebody up high in Hockey TV is like, hey, we we uh, we reviewed it. And our team that responded to you was 100 percent accurate. We wouldn't have agreed. But looking more closer into your page, we really like what you do. So, you know, absolutely. You can use our stuff. You have our permission to use our stuff. And because uh, it's usually only reserved for partners. Yeah. Um, so that was great. That was great. And that really boosted our channel a lot, being able to uh, them. So it, in a way, it's kind of a sponsorship because I'm not definitely not spending $10 a game to uh, share one clip. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But everything junior hockey, that's who we're going to have on next week. And like I said, he covers a lot in the Midwest division. Um, but he, uh, he gets reached out to a lot by parents and players. Um, yeah, I think I follow him, actually. People looking for advice. Yeah, he's really it's really interesting stuff, and um, we're excited to have him on, and uh, we'll probably have a we'll probably almost definitely guaranteed have a discussion off of a recording because um, we really like what he does, and yeah. uh, it's it's super interesting. He's got a really interesting channel, and he you know he delivers it as it is, and that's what that's what hockey parents and players need to need to know because like I still go back and forth with a bunch of different players and. So, man, some of these players' stories are slightly heartbreaking, and uh, there's definitely teams that if they reach out, I will decline them um, an, an interview. Uh, yeah. Because I, you know, because the players from that team have reached out to me and been like, yeah, I, you know, what's your advice here? This is what I was promised. This is, you know, what I'm like, oof. So, you know, it happens. And no matter what, no, any, anywhere in the world, I mean, the hockey, junior hockey world is definitely no exception. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think uh, if you get a chance to listen in on um, NutriZone's podcast, because I, I work with NutriZone as well. The, they're the largest scouting company and uh, not company, but organization in North America. And uh, I do their I do their podcast production management. And some of the episodes they have with some of these top guys in the in the hockey world are incredible. And I can't remember who it was. I I don't know if it was the guy off of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or Joe Exter, who's now with, I think, the Iowa Heartlanders, or I don't know, one of the guys. Or maybe he's one of the hockey advisors now that's next NHL player. But straight up talking about how expensive, he couldn't believe how expensive the the fees were now for junior hockey. And Oh, they're outrageous. Uh, unbelievable. And, and kind of his concerns about that. And uh, it was interesting. It was a very, very interesting episode to, to listen to. Um and uh, I think they've only I think we've only ever dropped eight episodes. I don't think we've dropped one since the summer, but um, definitely one that any players or coaches or scouts um, out there want to listen to. It's if anyone's a scout or a parent or anyone in the hockey world, like I said, our podcasts are fun. Theirs are extremely informative and very mm-hmm. in detail with guys in the top of the like I think we had the Portland Winterhawks coach. Um, head coach for the first episode, we had uh, Putnam, who Brian Putnam, who's a uh, scout for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he was the yeah. guy who actually uh, he's the guy who scouted Jonathan Quick when he was at the LA Kings. So he's yeah. the one that picked up Quick because between Quick and Bishop, and I guess yeah, you can hear the story on the podcast. But um, you know, I think Quick was drafted before Bishop, but he was eyeballing both of them. Um, it's amazing, and, guys. Uh, on the back, yeah, it was amazing of, how far down. How many teams passed up on quick? Like it really is. 
Like yeah, and, and Brian was like one of like if you listen to that episode, like I said, Neutral Zones uh, episode with with Brian Putnam. Um, in fact, let me just pull up what like listening to all these guys, like they're all like uh, the the head coach for Shattuck St. Mary's, which Crosby and all those guys went through. Yeah, um, Crosby. It didn't didn't Tabes go through there too? And there's been a lot of yeah. good players of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like they've had. Um, honestly, their stuff is so interesting and so genuine because, again, I'm the one that edits the podcasts and you hear the conversations that I eventually just have to cut out. And God, it's so interesting. Like, it's really, 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 really cool. And uh, and trimming down like this podcast right now that's at two hours and 15 minutes, that's generally how long that their podcasts go for. And then I trimmed it down to less than an hour. So that just shows how much passion they have for the game. Um and uh, yeah, so this is definitely uh, Steve and, and Go- um, I was going to call you Gordy instead of Goldie. Uh, Goldie, like this is the official longest podcast in pigeonal hockey history um, well, by a long shot. I'll take <laughs> like, it. I'll take it. I think our longest one was like an hour and five minutes, Steve. Yeah, I don't. So usually Chris is trying to tell me to shut up during a podcast because like, hey, we yeah, got well, yeah, to get going. <laughs> yeah usually well, you got dinner chris has usually got dinner going on and his wife's like hey yep. man your food's getting cold or well, you know you've actually heard him like i cut the conversation out my wife comes up and she's like chop chop let's go <laughs> <laughs> and i'll cut yeah. it out all of a sudden it's like you said like blah 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 it's like well guys thanks for listening um i'm in trouble oh yeah <laughs> i'm in trouble I, I gotta go yeah no that's yeah. uh no, but I'll take it. I'll take the longest podcast in the history. I'll uh, I'll take that. That just means we had conversations that were good, and we just kept talking. Oh yeah, and that's that's the thing is like it's great getting somebody that you know, you know, it's it's about the love for the sport, right? Because to oh, yeah. me, I I love talking hockey, and it's not talking yeah. you know, shit half the that's time. Why we like, started I'm married, it, Steve. I'm, I'm married to a Leafs fan, right? And you know, I, we've got rules in the house, and. <laughs> it's people that can appreciate talent like you know like oh yeah my grudge against tampa bay it's pretty legit but man they got a talented squad um the other thing you know like i want to have the debate with other people about is the salary cap and it's got to be like u.s markets that have lower tax brackets it only makes more sense to play there like stamkos didn't oh, yeah. go back to toronto for two major reasons one you know, they had to get an, a second endorsement deal for him, and the league gave special permission for Leafs to get it, you know, in order to make the same money. It's actually it, really simple. You know how you fix it? It's, mm-hmm. it's it's super simple. What you do is you have a base, like a base salary cap. Like the after-tax salary cap is what you install. It doesn't matter if you're playing in yep. Florida or Montreal. Like you have a – if OV makes this much in Washington, D.C., period. Like the team is based in Washington, D.C., this is what the bracket is. Boom. This is what he would make before taxes. If you have a standardized system across the board, you even it out after taxes. That's how you even out the system, period. Oh, no, it's exactly there's, there's it. No, like, yeah. yeah, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's making 7.5 after taxes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, no. is, you know, yeah, because, like, look, like, pays out, it's like the, the thing is, you know, in your experience in this, like, who wouldn't want to play in California? Like, who wouldn't yeah, want to play in California? Yeah, so high. Yeah, that's exactly it there too, right? And, the cost and, of living. And I mean, I mean, I've I've had like the guys who want to come and play like in Vegas. There's no state income tax, like none. Like you, like that. That's just that's one of the huge benefits of like that's one of the big pitches that NFL guys get is come play for the Raiders because 
we have no state income tax. You get what you get. <laughs> like, like, like that's how it is. And that's like when when you're talking about you know NFL players, you're talking about you know millions upon millions upon millions of dollars that those contracts are for even like you know the third wide receiver on a team. But like when you're looking at NHLers, the top contract I think for the Knights right now is like 10 million per year. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And and to say that's it is insane. But when you look at other major sports markets, it's that's it. So I yep. mean, it's it's uh, hockey players play the hardest sport in the world, the most expensive sport in the world, and get paid the least. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's yep. It, that 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 definitely needs a change. I, I I feel I feel like that needs a change. And yeah. honestly, honestly, I've been talking to a couple of the guys on the team about this. We all think there could be probably another eight NHL teams with how much talent there is out there. There could probably yep. be eight really solid NHL teams. You could probably put another team back in Atlanta and it would thrive just because hockey has grown so much since they had that team there. And if you gave it to an actual good owner, unlike the guy that was there previously uh, that really didn't really didn't know what hockey was and just wanted to own a team there, like you give it to a good owner and a good management department and that team would flourish in, in Atlanta. There's a lot of fans of hockey in Atlanta that just don't have a team anymore. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why. So the the Winnipeg Jets really stung, right? So did so did Nordique, and I'll even tell you, like the Hartford Whalers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was we you, you loved the matchup against the Hartford Whalers. Like that wasn't that that wasn't a good setup because wasn't their rink attached to the mall? Something ridiculous. And it wasn't yeah, it, it was, wasn't a big enough it wasn't a big enough facility, I think, too. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it was something like that. But I mean, I mean, you look at what the Knights did. The Knights went into a non-traditional hockey market and now are one of the most one of the most favorited yeah. teams in the whole National Hockey League. So, I yeah. mean, you, you you can really put a team, in my opinion, anywhere. I, I'm shocked Wisconsin doesn't have a team. Well, like, it, it, well, take a look at this, too, Heath, like to build on what you're saying. Right. It's OK. So. Back when, you know, and I, I think, Chris, me and you were having this discussion about the Knights, were we not? Because we were talking. I had picked the Knights to either, to either barely make the playoffs or just barely miss the playoffs in the first year. And people thought I was out of my mind. Oh, no, no. I, no, I picked them. To, I literally picked them to do exactly what they did. I picked them. And, and it's I swear to God, it's on record. I yeah, no, but me and you both make it to the Stanley record, Cup right? finals in their first season and lose. And they did it. Like, that's the best prediction I've ever had. Outside mm-hmm. of the So the reasoning behind it, though, nice. why we were both making these statements is because the previous yeah. expansions, you know, when you're getting a third or fourth line guy, you were getting a plug. And again, you yeah. know, it sounds like it sounds like such a harsh statement. Like you in order to make the NHL, even back then, you had to have a, a level of talent. Right. Yeah. Because like Bissonnette will be the first one to say it. Like people will rip on him about his game. You put Bissonnette in, in another, you know, in another league with people equal to him and he's standing up. It's yeah. just that at the NHL, your 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 release has to. Are be you talking epic. about the Cardiff Devils? Yeah, exactly. Like he stood yeah. out on the card of Devils. Like he he was a good hockey player. It's just NHL's just a different beast, right? Because it's the top of the top. Yeah. But back when San Jose was expanding and those expansive drafts were happening, you were your third or fourth line player wasn't doing much for you, right? It took a long time to build up. Now your third and fourth line players are good freaking hockey players. And oh yeah, they could play first line on some teams. Yeah, exactly it. It just depends on the role that they're giving within that organization. So now it's a different beast because Mm -hmm. even Seattle, 
you know, I picked Seattle not to do as well because Francis was building it different. And plus teams had wisened up to this. To the, what we called the Vegas mistake, right? Like Vegas was handed yeah. good players. Like just, yeah, they were like, they were like, we're going to give you this good player and a draft pick. So you don't take our top player that we're putting out there. And now they're just like, take the top player. That's got $8 million worth of cap. Take it, do it. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. And carry prices thing. Like the thing is like, I think, you know, after looking at it, Talk about a solid thing that they did for him, right? But I guarantee you, like, there was a conversation saying, look, we're really, we're, Carey Price is going to be exposed and you do not want to touch him with a 10 foot pole right now, right? He's yeah. got a lot of injuries and he's going to be in rehab. So, you know, it like, and kudos to Price for doing it because they could have gambled. And it like it would have wrecked that organization, right? Imagine missing that pick. It's not like the other pick for the Hab is you know is is doing too well there. Like I like uh, Kale Fleury a lot. Like he looked like he still has some potential, but um, but it just shows like you know within one year they're competing for top of the division of Kraken, right? Yeah. That's and like that's where I'm agreeing with you guys. Like yeah, now you could because back then people were saying all oh, the teams too what the leagues too watered down. You don't have this. You don't have that. Well. The reason why it was quote unquote watered down, it was hard. You had to be a power forward or have yeah. a team with big goons surrounding your star players to protect them. To protect them, yeah. And now that, that's that's just not the game anymore. And and you look at you look at how much talent is in the AHL right now. Mm-hmm. That is NHL like Quinton Byfield is in the AHL right now. On some other teams, he'd be in the NHL. Like you yep. look at Alex Turcott. He's another Kings prospect. He'd be in the NHL right now. You look at Spence, who is we'll on the. Both of them in Buffalo, just FYI. Yeah, no, you. No, well, that would that would improve the team greatly in Buffalo. Uh, but uh, Buffalo, you look at Buffalo. They have so many good players in their in their. Yeah, you do. Uh, in their in their department. Um, but I mean, like like Buffalo is going to be good in the next couple of years here. And you look at the you look at the talent that's coming out of college. Like there's like yeah. like Beniers. What is he well, doing this year? He's but, but take, lighting but take it a up. look. But take a look in the in the American side of the game, right? The U.S. developmental program, genius, genius. Yeah. Like look at yeah. the talent that that's spitting out in itself, right? Just freaking genius. And then, you know, it's so that like California, like where did the game grow? Roller hockey, you know. And in yeah. Canada, why why were Canadians always seeming to pop out talent? I played street hockey seven days of the stinking week. You know, even in the summer months, like, man, it would snow eight feet and we're out there shoveling the street off so we can get out and play street hockey. And the game's just different. And there's so much more like you're talking about the level of development you're going through. Like you said, you're training on the Oculus. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like Instagram, I proved to be a little bit of an old man there for a second, but I haven't even heard of Oculus training. I've seen it with baseball, but I didn't you know, I haven't seen it for hockey. I'm like, my God, the tools that are out there. Yeah, it's, you know, it's basically are, it's it's basically just like virtual reality and like it like you set up a net, you calibrate your net, you get in your net and you basically take shots and it's fully load management because you're doing the same thing you do on the ice, except you're just not dropping really. You know, you're focusing on eye hand coordination, you're doing eye hand drills, you're you know, blocker puts it to the corner. Like I mean, you literally can hook it up uh and you like put like um, they come with these things that you actually put through your webbing of your glove. So it knows where your glove is and you can actually use your glove and your blocker and it calibrates your stick. I mean, it's like the game today. There's so many tools that it, at some point the NHL is going to have to expand and they're going to have to expand big time. And it's going to be one of those things where people are going to be like, why are you expanding this big? But the game of hockey is growing so much. I mean, you look at 
you look at ESPN just now picked up ES just picked up the NHL again. That's mm-hmm. huge for the NHL. That's absolutely massive for the NHL to get that back in their hands of uh, no no offense to NBC, but get it back in the hands of ESPN where you know it's nationally televised and you if any anybody who has ESPN Plus can watch a hockey game right now. Yeah. Like unless you live in yeah, a I'm state. I'm still angry at ESPN. I grew up with um, not having hockey, so I still yeah. can't get over my hatred. Yeah. Oh, no. And so sometimes some of the call, like, you know, some of the commentators they had were still a little boneheadish. And I remember when they were going to reintroduce it and they had that guy with all the crappy equipment on. I'm like, guys, your finger's not on the pulse here anymore. You're not funny. But yeah. you're right about the television <laughs> thing. Like everybody, every time an argument comes about the Arizona coyotes, go to move mm-hmm. that team. Bum franchise. I just reply back television revenue. That's all I say. Because, you know, like I get it. Like, oh, yeah. The, pro- the problem with the growth of the game, right? In Canada, everybody's watching hockey. You put a team in Quebec, it's not like, yeah, the, the game's probably going to sell out more, right, without a problem. But yeah. the thing is, it, it's not like you're creating a new audience of hockey fans. We watch the damn game. Like, you're not yeah, going to, no. the people in Canada that aren't watching just don't like hockey. You're not yeah. going to convince them not to. So that's why you have to expand it to the States because, you know, Nashville never, you know, when they expanded there, I'm like, to me, as a hockey fan, I'm like, it's a cool location, right? You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, let's see how it does. But you're tapping into a whole new set of fans. like Because what I can't wrap my head around, Heath, is somebody that says, you know, they love football, but they don't like hockey. I'm like, hockey is football on steroids with a yeah. lot more games. I'm yeah. like, a lot more games. And yeah. back back in the day when hockey was confusing, because two-line passes sucked, right? Like, yeah trying to explain that to people right like, watching so, games back like they were that old um and you know that kind of stuff is super confusing as a new age hockey player it's like yeah. what what just happened <laughs> yeah and then how slow like there were so many more whistles and you know and the conditioning like that was the other thing about the game right because you know i think it was phil esposito you know back in the 70s had a shift at my dad's that was like eight minutes long he just refused to get off the ice because he wanted to score a goal you know, yeah. now I'm explaining to people, you know, and, and the, the big thing, too, is telling people to get to the game. So two things, right? Like now it's hard for 30 to 45 seconds. That's as much as you want to be out there. Off yeah. the ice, live changes. The TV does not do the game justice, right? Because no. I always tell people from up top, it looks like there's so much room. You get down below and you see those behemoths on the ice and see how little room there is. So it's yeah. ridiculous. And yeah. the other subtle part of the games are like, you know, when I was watching, like I had great seats for the coyotes, man. Like they were freaking phenomenal. And seeing how much dirty play happens in the corner. Like I remember Lori Karpakoski, who was known for his speed. Man, like I watched that guy butt in and spear more people than I ever have any other player in my life. I'm like, Karpakoski was a dirty hockey player in the corner. Yeah, that's that's that was his little niche, though. Right. Speed down the ice to try to create plays and then get out of the, get out of the corner, you know. <laughs> after hacking a guy to pieces but yeah. the game when you're there live it's so fun it's like you know i'm at a live football game like hockey not as many pauses it's it's hard action and with the talent that's out there now like how can you not be entertained yeah you know I, it, it's it's like you got mcdavid like hughes on the doubles right now i want to watch him play yeah <laughs> yeah i never never thought i'd say i want to watch the devils play after i know Ambrodeur left yeah. like you know, like, and, like, yeah, like and like no. even me, I'll turn a Leafs game on because I want to watch an entertaining hockey game. I want to yeah. watch Austin Matthews. I want to watch his release. I want to watch, you know, I want to watch those guys play hockey. 
Yeah. Like even the Boston Bruins right now, like I was kind of rooting for them not to snap their their win streak against the Golden Knights. I'm like, kind of want to see this keep going. Yeah, and then you know? and then and you look at you look at outdoor games I don't want and how many people you get to outdoor games. <laughs> Chris just Chris just cringed a bit. Well, the outdoor, the yeah, I don't want anything thing. ever to good ever to happen to Boston. So continue. <laughs> But yeah, your outdoor games like the Lake Tahoe thing. I just wish they'd stop giving mm-hmm. it to Chicago. Though. Okay, come on, NHL, just stop freaking giving it to Chicago. I, you know what would be so cool and, and an idea that they pitched in the off season of the COVID year where they knew they weren't going to have fans. Instead of Lake Tahoe, they pitched an idea to have a game. I don't know how they do it, but on the L.A. beach. That well, idea in and of itself would grow the game because you know how many people take, you know, the strand just walking yep. back and forth. They'd be like, why is there a rink out there? What's going yep. on? At, like, 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 I mean, the, the coverage that, that would get would be enormous. Could you imagine a game on the beach next to the water coming up right next to the boards and stuff? I mean, like, like, obviously you couldn't do it that close, but like doing it there would be crazy. Doing yeah, it right so, next to the Santa so, Monica Pier would be insane. So prior to you know, you know, I was to say not prior after, after, of course, the games, you know, the early NHL games were legit outside on ice, right? Where mm-hmm. was the first outdoor game in the NHL? Vegas. Yep. They yeah. can do it back then. And that's when the technology was not that they, phenomenal, right? They did that at a parking lot in Vegas. Yeah. L- like the top of a parking garage. They turned that into an ice rink and said, <laughs> Gretzky, get out there and play. Yeah. Like like that's that's what they did. And it worked. And now you have, you know, you're going to have, I mean, Vegas outdoor game. You put it. It's not really outdoor, but it's Allegiant Stadium. You know, you pop the doors open and you have it be an outdoor game. Yep. Like, I mean, there's so many opportunities for the for the NHL to grow the game. Like, I think that it would be cool to have a Vegas L.A. outdoor game in Vegas somewhere. Yeah. Did well, you, even yeah. the coyotes, because it's it's Snowbird Central. Right. Yep. So yeah. the whole reason Coyotes haven't had anything is just because of this whole history thing. Once this arena thing gets settled, you know, that's done and they're in their own new arena, there's going to be more stuff happening here, like an outdoor oh, yeah. game here. Like the next thing is, like I said, about the World Juniors, like my dis- biggest disappointment when the Canadian orders left, man, those guys had vision, right? And you're mm-hmm. back to my conspiracy theory. They got screwed out of McDavid. <laughs> screwed. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, I'm a Canadian, you know, and I never would want to see a team leave Edmonton, but Edmonton was not going to fund a new arena. The others were in trouble, and then McJesus comes in. Boom. New yeah. arena is built, and that whole organization is revived. If yeah. the Coyotes had you should McDavid, be the Sabres jersey. Sorry. <laughs> but if the Coyotes got McDavid, that turned that franchise. It didn't matter where he went. Yeah, like McDavid's McDavid. Like, yeah, like you know. I mean, it's... I mean, honestly, I think Matthews has gone out of Toronto though. I think that when his contract's up, I think the two teams he's going to go to are either L.A. or uh, or or Arizona. I think those are the two that are his front runners, and that's what's well, been rumored. The, the Coyotes, the Coyotes would give him the C, give him the max salary, and give him a term contract, even they know he, you know, as long as they could give him. It would yeah. be, I think the max contract now is eight years, if I'm not mistaken. Eight years. They give him an eight year. He'd go through one year and they'd sign him to another eight year contract extension. I mean, like yeah. that's that's what they pretty much do. Yeah. And the thing is, because why not? He's going to his his like I would be buying a Coyotes Matthews jersey the next day. It, it's mm-hmm. gonna it, it would happen, you know, and then this year's draft itself, like you're talking about the growth of the game. Look yeah. how deep this year's draft is. Oh, like when insane. there's an actual debate oh, it's, about it's awesome. About like, can you imagine being at the point of looking at the talent level of Connor Bedard and saying he may not go number one? 
Yeah. So, Chris, like this is my first time. I've been holding off on F-bombs, but what the fuck? Go for it. What the no, fuck? No, this is unedited. You've heard me curse on the main episode. I know. I, I really I know. just don't cut them out anymore. It's just – it's some of the – we had to cut out some of the stuff we said in the – like it, it got too extreme. But oh, like, yeah. now it's like, just like whatever. Uh, but, but Connor Bedard – I've listened to podcasts where it's yeah. just better if the people are fucking real. Yeah, well, I've but, always said that. Like I've actually – Chris and I had the idea of calling it you know, real sports, real sports broadcasting where we swear during the game like – you know, the defenseman yeah. shoving a guy on top of a goalie, and we just spurt out, "Hey, knucklehead, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck?" Yeah, no, it would sell. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah hell sell. yeah. Like, yeah. and then and then you know, a guy letting a dirty snipe go and be like, "Holy fuck!" Like he just fucked my whole family with that shot, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you know, stuff that's gonna get people laughing and chuckling along, but stuff that's gonna come out of your mouth. I was at a game one time, you know, and. It was the most sick save I ever saw, and it wasn't Cristobal Huey. Who was the other goalie? Oh, it started with an A for a the lot. Canadians. Like, no, 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 no. Um, oh shoot. At the same I, time, Huey. Oh, Art, Art, not Archibald. Oh, what was his name? Uh, it started with an A. But anyway, I can't think Blank of his name right now. But he was. I was watching the game live, and what had happened is the puck changed direction three times on him. So it was a pass, push, another pass over to the blocker side, push. Puck got tipped. And went back to his glove hand, and then it was fired across. So he's in full flight, almost splits. Uh, Abisher, that's who it was, Abisher. And oh, I would not have all of a sudden, that. he just got his toe to pick into the ice, and he lunged out with his blocker, and he made the save. I'm not yeah. a guy that's going to stare in front of little kids, but I'm not kidding you. I stood up, and I was like, holy motherfuck me. What a save. And I looked down, and there's his dad with his little kids in the Sens jersey. And I was like, it was Haz versus Sens. I was like, oh, my God. I tapped, I tapped him on my shoulder. I'm like, I'm so sorry for my language, but that was Bad such man. a, fu- that was such that a was... fucking awesome save. Like, I couldn't Bad hold man. it back. But that's what I'm saying when you're watching these games. Like, I'd love to hear a broadcaster be like, Ugh. again, when a guy does the knucklehead move, when he panics and he flips it over the glass. And I'm yeah. like, oh, dude. Dude, the fuck? The fuck? You know, you, you, you just, you just had to shoot it a little bit lower. Oh, come on, boys. Like sometimes I don't like, you know, sometimes like, you know, it's, it's you know, that rule. And just so you know, cause if you go back to the eighties games, the reason why it's in there and people are like, it shouldn't be a penalty all the time. A defenseman or a four was in trouble. And then they shot it five rows up, right? Yeah. Or not five, like 15 rows up. They flipped the puck purposely over the glass and they wouldn't call delay a game. Sorry, but that's crap. If you can't you can't get yourself out of that pressure, that's not an okay option, right? Call yeah, the delay. Apparently, in ours, it's only if the goalie flips it over the glass that it's a penalty. Really? Yeah, that's that's what happened a couple games ago with us. I didn't do it, but uh, the other team did at the other end, and uh, that that happened, and they gave him a delay of game. It was the first time I've ever seen a delay of game called in our league. And I believe it was when we were playing Ontario at home and like uh, their guy just flipped it right above the glass, just straight shot. just And uh, they called a delay game on it. And I was like, wow, I didn't know there was delay games. And the ref comes over and goes, yeah, it's NCAA rule that if a goalie does it, that uh, that it's that way. So that's amazing. But yeah, yeah. It's like there's reasons oh, behind those the goals, goalies. right? You yeah. know, like. Yeah, there's, you know, but going back to like that whole topic, right? It's like there's reasons why like the game had to grow. The hooking had to stop. It had to stop, right? Mm-hmm. You had to stop the hooks. 
you know, sometimes you get these petty little calls like on a tap of that, you know, tap of the stick and they're calling out a slash, you know, type of thing. Like those are the little nitpicky calls early on in the season that, you know, that that bother me. What what my big, big beef is like when they start calling something so hardcore to start the season and they just ease off. And then somehow yeah. in the playoffs, it miraculously disappears. Right. Because in my opinion, a trip is a trip. I don't care. I don't care if it's like three minutes into overtime or if it's this the is first one of your period. pet peeves. Yeah, it is yeah. like a penalty is a penalty. So when they say they don't want the refs taking, you know, determining the game. No, that's their job. It, a trip yeah. is a trip. If you if you trip a guy who's got an opportunity to score and you're like, oh, it's overtime. Let it go. I'm like, no, now you're now you're not playing the game anymore. Like call it call it even throughout the whole thing. Because, you know, what was funny was a couple of years ago, if you remember when uh, <laughs> the Habs came out hard on Matthews and tenderizes rips pretty good. Yeah. You know. The next thing you know, every cross check was called and they were over calling the Canadians. I'm like, wow, yeah, you're protecting a star player. But like, you know, it. how many times in the game do we still see that happen? The the shot, the back of the ribs or the lower back, it still happens. So yeah, either either leave it, leave it out or call it all the time to eliminate it. Right. Don't do this half fast thing. Do you remember the whole uh, like, OK, the worst, worst decisions of the NHL, the blue paint rule. Remember that one, Chris? <laughs> which which blue paint rule? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Don't start. You're triggering me. Yeah, that was one of the worst things. Like, I understood protecting the And we didn't lose to Stanley Cup. That's why Buffalo fans can get over four (laughs) Super Bowl losses in a row. But we don't get over the Stanley Cup because we didn't lose it. Brett Hall's skate was in the crease. It It was in the crease. It's clear as day. It was in the crease. Sorry. It's not a win. Yeah, triple no, overtime. Everyone but, was tired. But that was brutal because it was such a brutal rule at that point. Like I got <sighs> protecting the goalies. Now we're on the opposite end, right? Where we're that, getting hammered. That rule and, still, still, still uh, is in effect in college and also in our league. It's just like you know what? That's like, crazy. Like the blue yeah. paint thing. Like, I, it, I, I, here's the thing: is right, and even with gold, like the biggest mysteries to me on the face of this planet, you know. They're not even like bigger cosmic questions like why do we exist? It's what's goaltender interference? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. What's goaltender interference? Well, at this point, and the NHL's, the NHL's and that? botched that call so much that it's like like a couple days ago I was watching a game and uh, and it was just like it, it was there was a goaltender interference call that I was like that's goaltender interference and then they were like no the stick actually tri-. I think I think reviewing that. To a degree, I think there needs to be a timer on the on the reviews that that can happen. I think you need to set a minute timer. Anything longer, you go with the call on the ice. Like, because if you can't determine it in a minute, if you can't determine it in a minute, then you're not gonna then the then the call should just stand on the ice. You go with what the ref saw. I mean, because that that's one way. That's one thing that that a bunch of fans. That's what the NFL is kind of looking at doing too. Is like going to you know less time on reviews. Obviously, if it's a player safety issue and you're trying to, like, determine intent, you give it maybe a minute and a half. But, like, for, like, for like quick calls, like offsides, goaltender interference, those things, if it can't be determined in a minute, it needs to be call on the ice stands. Like, that, that's just what it needs to be. That'll speed up the game. It'll get more people involved because the, the, the worst thing about a hockey game is you turn on the TV and you're in a review and you're sitting there for, like, 10 minutes and you're like, Okay, all right. When's it going to be over? And then you switch to another game. Like that's awful for awful for games to like mm-hmm. you like especially on like say you're watching a game on a Thursday night. You got Thursday night football on, and you're like, oh, the the Habs are playing the Coyotes tonight. You turn it on, 
you're like, okay, cool. And you're in a review and you're like, all right, I'm going back to Thursday night football. That's not going to bode well for hockey. Right. So I yeah. mean, go, go to a minute, set a timer, a minute, you get a minute to review it. You don't get it down in a minute. All right. Call in, call in the ice stands. Yeah, no, it's like, I agree with that. And it's, the part of it is like, cause there's a sit there and say like penalty shots too. Like, like the, the rule is if the guy does not get off a good shot, he gets awarded the penalty shot. If not, you can just call a two-minute penalty. Yeah. I've watched guys, you know, not get a shot off at all, and they're like, ah, no penalty. You watch a guy rip one, the goalie just made a great save, and he's getting a penalty shot. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. He already made his save. It's done. He he got off a good shot. That that that's I agree with that. And honestly, something else that I thought about yesterday was if you get a penalty shot and you're not able to get a shot off, well, let's say like you're on a breakaway, you get the penalty shot, but you weren't able to get a shot off. If you don't score on that penalty shot, I think it should go to a two-minute power play because hmm. you basically just negated the penalty with a penalty shot. Like, yeah. I mean, I personally as a goalie would be fully okay with that because, I mean, I, how many times have, have you know, I, I've seen, I saw it firsthand yesterday. Penalty shot comes in, save made. Literally because the ice stopped the puck, not the goalie. The ice was so bad it stopped the puck, um, and and our guy couldn't make the move, and we just wasted a whole slashing call on it. Well, like, I mean, here's like, what I would say. I don't know if I would do that. I think you should have the option to take the power play or the penalty shot. I think yeah. you should be give give the coach the option, right? Because Ooh, I like that. Is if you're talking about the ice conditions, right? That's something that's got to factor into it, right? So yeah. And if your if your power play is clicking, right, you'd rather have that power play, but also strategically, right, depends on how much time's on the clock, right? That could also may... be another thing they could call players and coaches out on in the future. It'd be like, well, you chose the uh, power play instead of the penalty shot, even though your shooter was Ovechkin, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's just another thing they could deep dive on because depending on the player taken down, the coach might be like, well, yeah, no one's going to expect this uh, second-line defender to be, like, my shootout hero, but I'm going to let him take the penalty shot, you know? Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's going bar down. down right? yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, th- there's there's been some random times like that. I mean, I, if you do it like that, that works out perfect. But, I mean, like, and it does. It's all about, like, it just puts more, more, more like, attention on the coach and what coach's decisions are, and, mm-hmm. and it should, and, and, like, in the Olympics, you can go after the first three shooters. I believe you can pick the oh, same. Oh, you could cycle back Sidney over Crosby. and over yes. and over the and over. knows that well. Like Sidney Oshie. Crosby scored three, didn't he? In the same. Yeah. Oh, so did so did Oshi. Yeah. So did Oshi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sochi. So I mean, like you look at you look at those guys, and uh, honestly, I think the NHL should should go into that on a penalty shot. I think you should be able to choose anyone off your bench at 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 a point in time. I think that will go there. Oh, you know, um, you know what would be sure. awesome, boys? If you, had something like a, if you had something like a five-zip lead and you let the tendy take the shot. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would do it. Like, oh, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd look at the score and I'm like, okay, there's six minutes left to go in the game. We're up four-zip. We're handling this. Hey, hey, Jake Gallen, get over there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, the right. goalie have to use a goalie stick. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. There's your question, buddy. A goalie can play with either stick. He's the only guy that's allowed to. That's a fact. Right? That's true. So there you go. So up, up to the goalie. Go. Goalie's choice. Goalie's Ooh, choice. I like it. I like tell it. Me that I like be, it. Oh, yeah. Tell me you wouldn't lose your shit 
if you saw yeah, like you said you like like I'm trying to think of somebody like right now like who's who's still playing the puck really well in the NHL like who do you look at and just go man they're they're great with that puck. Shesterkin's um, uh, amazing with the puck in my opinion. He makes okay, smart yeah, decisions. Yeah. So, but you know those ones like back you know back in the day Mike Smith like yeah he, he was good with it and you'd watch Price like geez forehand backhand with it right. Yeah. You know, those type of guys. Can you imagine just throwing one of them in and the goalie actually scores like on like that'd just be to me, that'd just be out of you know, out of this world. But it'd be disrespectful as as all as all <laughs> hell right there. Yeah, yeah, I just scored on the other goalie with a forehand backhand move. Yeah, I'm I don't I'm know just if that us goalies could it. handle that to each other. I don't know if we could do that. Literally. I don't think I don't like, think we a could. A goalie goes usually on an empty net, so there's no there's no ill intent. But I think that would harm the goalie union. Yeah, I I think it would too, and and unless you know the only reason you'd have a you know goalie on goalie goal there would be you know if you're Mark Andre Fleury and you're throwing it down hoping you know Martin Brodeur doesn't get back in the net in enough time. I mean that's that's the yeah. only, and even then it's an empty net, right? I mean like like that's that's really it. Yeah. I, I don't know I don't know how that would affect the goalies in a, in all honesty. Ah, uh, you know what I would. You know, me sitting back in the pipes of I they threw a number one, like I could see where the disrespect is, right? You know, where you're going like, really? You think another yeah. goalie's gonna score on me right now? But remember, these guys are all talented super athletes, right? Sometimes you see the goalies out there, you know, with just a stick and well, they're like, Crosby it up a bit. went into that beer league as a goalie, right? In Pittsburgh. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I remember them remember him growing up, they used to throw him in net to begin with, right? Because as a kid, because he was just too damn good. And they didn't want him to blow him on up because it wasn't fun playing against him, right? So, yeah, th- this this is an interesting discussion. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, the NHL pick up on this one because I like the idea of like you know like I agree with you like a penalty shot right now. You know, I, I've watched it. I'm like, oh, it's a penalty shot. You know, absolutely. And then there's there's no call. I'm like, what the hell? And then even it happens in the same game where you will yeah. see. Because like, I remember what game it was. I forget, I forget which team it was, and they were just laying into the ref. And I agreed with them. I'm like, I would have chirped that ref the rest of the game. I wouldn't have let it go. I would have taken every 10-minute misconduct I could. Because yeah. it would have been like, that's BS. You can't call it like that. Like, one was clear. And I think it was Chris Lee. The, I think it was him that was on the ice at the time. And he does stuff like that. Where I was like, oh, come on. Like, they stop showing so much bias, right? Like, come on. You know, like make the call even, right? So, but the goalie interference one is the one that pisses me off the most because I, I remember three years ago, I think it was when Price was up against the Rangers. His part of his pad was at the crease. The guy got tangled up in his padding, pulled him on out, and it was a tapping goal. And yeah, I was like, I, okay, I believe that counted too. It did. They counted it, and I lost my mind. I was like, okay. Okay, so now it's going to be that a little piece of his equipment can be out of the thing, and you can make contact, drag him out. It should have just been blown dead because of incidental contact. Like, did there need to be a penalty? Because it wasn't a penalty. The guy didn't take him out on purpose. But I'm like, God, yeah. he dragged the goalie out of his net. I'm like, how is that legal, right? It's the same thing as when they, they push a goalie in. But then I watched last year it was Murray got a chance to get himself reset. And he was playing the Habs, you know, got himself reset. He was reset. He was reset for a good amount of time and got beat and it got overturned. I'm like, okay, what? I'm like, yeah, give me a break. Like, because. That, it's because it's yeah. the Brendan Gallagher effect, though. I hate to tell you, anytime yeah. he's anywhere near that net, it's called off. Well, I mean, and, and honestly, honestly, I think that the the replay officials that are doing it currently, I've I've heard some gnarly stories that they don't that they've never played the game or 
that they're ex that they're ex players and they're not ex goalies or you know things like that. I mean, it needs to be the same guy making the same call at night in and night out. There yeah. needs to be like two or maybe maybe two two or three guys that make the call that you know like in Toronto you can't be going to like you know the you know guy that's never made the call before you know because you know Jimmy's out for the night I mean you, you gotta have you gotta have a backup plan <laughs> I mean and that's honestly what it seems like sometimes it's just like you know they gave the accounting major a guy a guy you know just coming in that does their accounting to go hey is this goaltender interference I mean that's honestly what it that's honestly what it feels like some nights and then some nights you're like yeah that's goaltender interference okay it's goaltender interference good call like I mean there's been less times where I've done that this year than last year but I mean it, it's like it's it's ridiculous at some at some points I mean I think that junior hockey is supposed to have reviews we don't though uh, it's in our rule book that we're allowed to have reviews because our things are being televised, but nobody ever. Yeah, they need to anything. because honestly, I've definitely, uh, when watching a game live, which is rare here in Copenhagen, but even when I was living back in Utah, I literally, it was a coincidental incident. I thought I was going to be able to record a goal from behind the net, and instead I just caught a, a wicked, intentional, blatantly intentional elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, that literally, literally took out one of our forwards on the team at that point. Um, and as the coaches walked by, because I would sit in that uh, specific section, I just basically showed the video to the coach, and he's like, "Wait, can I see that again?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Okay, send that to me because that's some BS. That is okay." And he got really enraged right there. I'm like, "That's what happened in that play right there." I thought I was going to catch a goal, but. The amount of times I've already seen goalie interference this year in the USPHL Western, where yeah. I, I looked at it and I'm like, well, that'll be called off. And then they nothing's happening. They're celebrating and the goalie's losing his mind. And they're like, there was one. Was it? Who was it? Bryson Stern? There was one I that happened to me that I was pretty Predators. pissed off about. Oh, they pulled like, but I think with the Predators, they immediately pulled him. I don't know if it was him or Ben DeFiore. Maybe it was DeFiore off the Spud Kings. But they immediately just pulled him. And I'm like, no, he got totally – I mean, there's a reason he's losing his mind on the ref right now. I, yeah. I'm, I'm stunned it wasn't called. Like, I could just – watching it blind right out the gate without a, without replay, I'm like, well, that was goalie interference. Yeah. And they didn't call it. Like, you're kidding me, right? That was blatant. Like, I don't have to review that one. There was <laughs> – there was – there was one yeah. – uh, I was playing Tahoe, and I got put on my back literally by a player. They shot it. I made, like, two saves literally on my back. I had it covered up over my head with my glove, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Rossi came in into my blue paint, which, okay, granted, that's not supposed to happen but in this league, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I'm okay with it. He can't, You know, to a degree, pucks loose, you know, scramble. I've got it covered, but I'm not okay with you lifting my glove with your stick and then putting it in. That's goaltender interference in a nutshell. Yeah. Like that's he did that to me and I lost my mind because they initially called it as no goal. Then they changed it to a goal after their bench threw a fit. Like, like 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 I mean in and watching that film back from the we want we ended up winning the game and uh it was funny because it was a it was a puck doesn't lie moment because the next shot that went our guy came down you know was at the point and literally threw probably an ice burner that would have been saved you know 10 out of 10 times 
it somehow found a way in the net at the other end. So I was like, the puck doesn't lie at this point. Um, you know, I needed that goal back anyways. But, like, the fact that they didn't even go to review, and I know it's hard to go to review with junior hockey, but, like, it's there to be used, and I don't think the refs know that enough. Like, it should be used. Like, like we're playing – like, we're not playing, like, to, you know, this could be a guy's career on the line, right? Like, like a goal yeah. could be the like a goal could be the difference between you know a Division One program looking at you and an ACHA program looking at you and that Division One program could have been like yeah if you come here you know you'll get games if you have a 905 let's say I need to have a 905 to get there but this goal took you down to a 900 like I mean it, literally that little stuff can really have a huge effect on people's on guys' careers I mean it, it's insane yeah yeah what that's, it's amazing what these little discussions would spark right. But as a fan, (laughs) you know, watching a game, like sometimes it's not even my team that's playing. It's not the Habs. I'm watching a game and I'm outraged because there's a brutal call made, Mm -hmm. you know, and the whole war room in Toronto. We're like always like, well, if it's in the Leafs, the Leafs are going to get a call. And it sounds hypocritical, but it Leafs get the call. We're like, it's true. Yes. It's just. Yep. Well, Sabres, I'll go back. I wholly stand by this. Yes. Remember when Colin Campbell was in charge and his son's team was in the finals? Recuse yourself. You need to be out of that, dude. Like, that is like the world's biggest conflict of interest. You should not have anything to do with calls on the ice at that point or discipline at that point. You recuse yourself from there. You have no say. You have no backlash. You can't do anything at all. Like, mm-hmm. I was blown away like that was going on. And there was some favorable calls for the Bruins that season. And I'm not taking anything away from them winning the cup that year. Like, they found their groove against Montreal, clawed back, and Tim Thomas played out of his freaking mind, right? Played out of his mind. And then that's the other critical thing is going back as attendee. The Vignon leaving uh, leaving Lou in, oh, man, like, it ruined his game. Like, he killed his goal yeah. confidence. Like, yeah. you needed to pull him and just say, Lou, shake it off. Boys aren't rallying around you right now. And then it screwed him up. Like, he lost his mojo. You know, and it, Chris and I are, you know, like, all goalies are different. Like, do we like getting pulled? No. No. You know, I got pulled from games when I was playing really, really well. You know, when I had good coaches, you had the good coach would be like, we're giving you a breather, right? So you don't do anything stupid. Give mm-hmm. you a breather. Get back in there. Finish your game, right? Other ones yanking you and you're just pissed because you're like, I don't know, how about sending a message to the boys out there who are just shitting the ice right now, right? Yep. But in that case, like, everything's at stake. You're in the finals. Like, pull them. Just pull them. And yeah, then you, you never no, know. You right? have nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, pull them. But other than, you other some... than your goaltender's confidence. And then once your goaltender loses confidence, it's so hard to regain it, uh, yeah. especially in the finals. Because you don't have all the – it's like regular season, you can lose confidence in one game, placed outstanding in the next, and have confidence. Yeah. You know? So. And what happened to Luongo, it was such a subtle thing. Um I want to say it was his left pad, but Boston, you know, kudos to their video play guys, right? Their, their review guys. Like he was, he had this habit when he was getting ready to pop up, he popped up his left more than his, before he did his right. So on a rebound, you just had to wait and then hold it for a second. And as soon as he popped it, rip it low. And yeah. I, I, like I saw it and I was like, oh shit. Cause they did the same thing to carry price. They noticed mm-hmm. that he was dropping his elbow and scooping his glove hand and they were shooting mm-hmm. at the crux of his elbow or over his shoulder because he was dropping it. 
and they nailed him with it three times. I'm like, how did your goalie coach not sit there and say like, oh, hold on. <laughs> it was yeah. readjusted next season, but they had, they had picked him apart. Like they they saw the weakness in his game, right? So hey, kudos to Boston for that. You know yeah. for that type of stuff. But going back to the pulling of the goalie there, how many times have you also seen it where the backup comes in and he's lights out? And now you've got somebody who didn't expect stepping on up and making, you know, pu- you got pushing a goalie you guys through. Co- yeah, you got a goalie controversy at that point, too. Yeah. How many yeah. times have you seen a goal, a backup goalie come in? It's like, it's like uh, you know, it's like a backup quarterback coming in and absolutely lighting it up for, like, two weeks. And then you see why he was a backup quarterback. I mean, yeah. sometimes that'll happen. Like. Like it's just the same thing with goaltenders, you know. The the backup can have a really solid game too, um, but you know, there's a reason that starter is the starter. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, no, the backup, and that's in every league, in every you know thing. It's very rare you get two really solid goalies that can be starters. Um, yeah. Just purely because starters need that time. <laughs> yep. Right. So and that that's one of that's that's a big like thing is just you know trying to find teams that are okay giving the starting role you know to somebody now it's like that whole new one a one b it just doesn't work rotating goalies doesn't work you need a rhythm like like I understand it to a degree to keep guys sharp and fresh and stuff but you know yeah yeah the thing with the evolution of the game though was with so much talent though too right is. Like, you feel bad for some of the goalies that are backup goalies that yeah. should be a number one somewhere, right? But, yeah. you know, like, like for me, like, I was loving watching the Price-Allen tandem, you know, because I'm like, shit, you got a guy that's got a cup that, you know, can really s- still steal a game for you in a different style of play. Like, I love that tandem. There's been a few in the NHL. I'm like, geez, like, what a goalie tandem. I once that Luongo, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, the guy ended up going to New Jersey and he just faded away. Schneider, Schneider, Schneider. That was a hell of a tandem at one point, right? Yeah. Um, that was a hell of a goal. Yeah, they went from having team. the best tandem in the NHL to having either of them in like what a year? Yeah. yeah. And then, well, and then you look at the you look at the Ducks tandem years ago. You you had Hiller, and then you had Anderson, and then you had Gibson. Yeah. Like that's it. That's an insane three. Yeah, and they went to all three of those goalies in the uh, King series, all three. Yep. Yeah, there's been some pretty phenomenal, you know, uh, you know, tendy, you know, tandems. But like, I get it because the whole thing is if you're resting on one guy, you know, for the Habs for the longest time, like the ha- the Price Halak one was a pretty good one. Um, you know, Halak was, you know, to me, he shone better as a uh, as a backup trying to steal that spot, in my opinion, as opposed to being handing the starting position. Because I remember when he went over to the Blues, he just he just wasn't there. You yeah, know, he just he just didn't have it. Right. And then all of a sudden he was a backup again and he was playing way better. It's just was a weird thing with Halak. Not, not not taking anything away from his game, because, man, remember when he played for Slovakia? That's what started it all. Yeah. Jeez, he was lights out that Olympics. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, goaltending is the you know such a weird thing because you know it's like I totally get what you're saying, but again on the evolution of the game, if you don't have that solid next guy back there that you know can backstop, and even your third's got to be pretty good now, right? Yeah. You know you got to have that talent stacked up because a goalie goes down. Like look what happened to Carolina last year. And by the way, I'm a I'm a huge Auntie Ranta fan, but he's he's he plays even more flexibility play than Jonathan Quick does. 
Like I like watching him play, like I thought athletically Ronta was probably the best I've ever seen because I would just watch him out there and I was blown away by his athleticism. But mm-hmm. then again, I was like, well, he's going to be popping groins every, you know, couple of weeks here because what he does is insane. Right. Yeah. And that's what happened to them. Right. Anderson went down and then it was last year's playoffs. Right. When he got hurt again. Right. Yeah, when happened. he made that when he made that jump kind of save and it then you just saw it just go like yeah right then and there. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the conundrum you're in, right? If you go with just, you know, a starter and then something sort of mediocre in the back and you throw you know, you throw at it. And then going back to goalie contracts, right? Like like you Chris, you're a fan of Bobrovsky, aren't you? Huge fan. Why? Yeah, well, just saying, like right now with him, like so Price was getting crapped on for his contract when, meanwhile, he didn't have a great. I'll take Bobrovsky, Buffalo. Yeah, so Bob, Bob right we, now we, we have a lot of money to spare. I'll take a Bob's. Yeah, well, uh, I think that I think that's actually a possibility, especially if uh, with uh, oh Knight really kind of starting right, to shine. Yeah, yeah I, I think that one of them has to go out of that team, and I, oh, and you, I think it's probably going to be Bob. It's going to be Bob, and they're going to. Well, need I don't part think Buffalo acquire him because I think they're building up the net. Like I think that's the reason why they decided on the Anderson Comrie. I think Comrie got hurt, but the Anderson Comrie duo, we're trying to again prove Ukupekalukin in uh, and move him up because, again, Ukupekalukin, if he can stay healthy, he's an amazing goalie. I just don't know if Buffalo's going to keep trying to rely on him when they got Levi Knight. I mean, yeah. Not Levi. Um, Devin Levi. I just Devin Levi, I just yeah. meshed the two. Yeah, yeah, Devin Levi. I've, they got Devin Levi. I don't. I think right now Buffalo's just looking at Devin Levi as the goalie who's leading the team, like rookie season next year, potential All Star the following year after. I'm just. I think that's the way Buffalo's looking, but I know Bobrovsky's proven, and I'd like to see Knight. Not Knight. God damn it. Um, Levi actually. You know, I'd like us to see pick up Bobrovsky because he's proven. And then have Levi steal the job if that's something that he can do, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree with you there. I just I think that I think that honestly that if there if there's a couple of guys, there's a couple of guys. I mean, you look at you look at the Kings right now. You got Copley coming in and playing outstanding. Um, you know, Cal Peterson is down in the AHL right now. Uh, Buffalo legend right there. I think he was, you know. So he was drafted there and never played there, but he's a Buffalo legend, uh, you know. So you got those guys that are down in the minors right now that have NHL experience that honestly, if I, I don't understand why the Kings signed him to $5 million, but that's a story for another day. Um, but, I mean, those guys are valuable <laughs> guys to pick up uh, for, a, for a team that needs a starting goalie, right? Like, I mean, if you're the Kings, you've got to start listening to trade talks for him, right? Or quick, even I, that would hurt really bad for every Kings fan that that is there. But you know, seeing quick in a different sweater, that would be that would be just absolutely awful. But yeah, so what's I mean, this, think, with, with the Kings now? They have to look Bordeaux. Well, but yeah. With, yeah, but with quick, the thing is, his name has been on trade, you know, you know, chatter, you know, multiple times for right? years. Yeah, and. I just don't see them ever selling him now. I just think they, you know, he's well, he's, yeah, weathered, he's, he's weathered he's weathered it this far. Uh huh. And he's in the final year of his contract, but he self admittedly said at the beginning of this year, "I will continue to play past this season." Yeah. 
And so, the thing, though, is, and you also think, like, he's not going to be demanding high money anymore from the Kings if he stays. I guarantee he'll take a bit of a discount to yeah. help his team push further. Because, like, look, these are the type of players you want that do this stuff. Because Berge, Bergeron over on the Bruins, tell me he didn't do them a favor and a half at 2.5. <laughs> yeah, that's a major cap cap friendly deal right there yeah he wants a cup and these are guys i love like but people want to crap on crosby enough but look he should have been the highest played pair played a paid player on the penguins but he was also smart he's like look i can keep my core together we can take multiple runs at cups you know Mm -hmm. and he knows he's getting the endorsement money anyway he's like yeah i'll take less than malkin and he was able to do it and finagle it so they signed everybody else on you need guys sometimes you know, look at it and say, what's more important, my big paycheck right now, or do I want that cup first, right? You look at McKinnon and McCarr, both of them took pay cuts, in, in oh, all yeah. honesty. McCarr, McCarr should be the top paid player up there with McDavid right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's he's the best defenseman in the league, hands down. No one can tell me any different. Um, just the things he can do with the puck, the vision he has, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, those, those kind of guys are just insane. And they and they he they take the contract is man like that that's the thing is like you know McKinnon knows he should have got paid a hell of a lot more early on but made made his made his decision because he wanted to build something right so I'm hoping uh, Caulfield does that for my Habs this year it doesn't go okay I want the major payday because with all the young talent coming up I'm like man but can you imagine being Caulfield and Suzuki and getting a cup in Montreal. Oh, yeah, that'd gods. be, that'd gods. be insane. Gods, like you're just an automatic. It's the same thing. If Matthews gets his cup in in Toronto, like you're a god. Like you yeah. own that city for the rest of your life now because you've done that. You know, McDavid's already a god in in Edmonton. Let alone if he, they ever get him a cup, they just gotta get defense. And that's the problem when you have two big contracts. Well, no, they've got what four big contracts that are just crushing them. Like the, it happened to the Leafs, right? Like yeah. Only tap into that that amount of money but that again that's where i just look at like again you know i'm a, I'm a dude sitting on the outside you know and you've said it already he you know is the fact that you know you only got a crack at this for so long right so you've mm-hmm. got to make your money when you make your money yeah but on the same token like i look at stuff going like i agree with you like you know compared to other sports hockey players are underpaid but man 10 mil, like even after you factor stuff in you know and everything else you're still doing pretty good in life oh no yeah you're doing you're doing you're, you're, you're doing okay, right? So you're doing better than is, the average Joe, that's for sure. So I just could see myself sit back at some point as a player, you know, if I was one of these guys and say, you know, like, why the heck don't I just take a little less, get myself the couple of cups that I want, you know? And then at that point, if you can't stay with the team, go make your money somewhere else because they're going to pay you. But again, yeah. you know, it's a it's a huge the business aspect of the game is a lot different than just the day to day play, right? So. All right, boys, but uh, we are now at over three hours of this three-hour tour, which is not only the longest episode in Pigeonhole Hockey podcast history, it's the longest episode by, I don't know, dude, like, we we don't have an episode, I think, at this point over an hour, so this one is a record setter. I don't think we'll be beat anytime soon. I think it's a good place to wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey Goldie, I could have kept we could have kept this going for a while, man. Great, great, great interview, man. Great interview. Good good footwork along the ice, my friend. Uh yeah, it was it was great having you on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, guys.
Yeah, thanks for jumping on. And uh, listeners, if you want to hear the rest of what Heath has to say, I promise you it's not going to be three hours. Um, or actually, we'll call you Goldie. Um, it's what? I think that episode is just about 45 minutes. So uh, be sure to listen to that episode. Uh, it'll drop on Thursday. Uh, but that said, thank you for tuning in. If you're actually still listening three and a half hours-ish later, we appreciate you. And um yeah, that's awesome. So thanks, boys. for Thanks for jumping on, and thank you, everybody, for listening.